Welcome, guys. We are back with another Shonen Run. This is episode 55. We are going to be doing some double chapters because we didn't go live last Monday. I mean, chapters coming out on the Monday. Everybody's busy. Everybody's working. It's kind of hard to schedule that in. But we are live now. We are going to be live next week, maybe. But for now, we are going to be doing uh, Weekly Shonen Jump, I think, issue 42 and 43. Uh, right in the circle into our faces. How's it going, everybody? We are back with another episode of Shonen Ronin. And we are going to be covering One Piece 1061, My Hero Academia 366 and 367, JJK 198, and Undead Unluck 197 and 198. Hi, but first, how are we all doing? Staying well, enjoying my new job, enjoying most of what I've read this week and last week. Love to see it. Yeah, it was actually really good chapters back to back for the weeks and that sort of stuff. And I'm kind of glad nobody's in break except for One Piece. Um, I mean, like, yeah, except for One Piece. But I'm hearing good things about the chapter that came in with this egg arc or something. Oh, egghead. Yeah, I feel like Kenny and I are going to have a lot to bounce <laughs> off each other for that part. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to, to send our comment section in, the, in a tussie. Yeah, guys, we're going to start with My Hero Academia, 366 and 367. As usual. For my hero, Anarchy, take it away. <laughs> wow. I was like, all right, Kenny, coming in at first. Let's do this. No. You think? Oh. You thought? You thought? Go ahead. I know. I know. It's, it's time for the evening church service. Go ahead. Man, all right. So look, back-to-back chapters, both being functional, like, setup chapters. I've been looking at these last couple, like, this last 67, like, since 360 as potentially, like, structured. Because since... Hori got an anime. He started trying to write more with the anime in mind with how he was structuring and setting the pace of certain chapters. Last week's chapter definitely felt like the end of an episode, and this one felt like the start of it. Uh, and I will say that I, I know some people weren't exactly happy with the, the big joke la- in you know, last week's chapter in 366. I'm just going to say that one of my favorite things about Horikoshi but also one of his arguable weaknesses as a writer is that he keeps people in character to a fault so when Mirio decided to cheek up it was to play into the fact that he's always tried to rely on gags I know some people are like wait why didn't he just roast Shigaraki he could have just insulted him like he did when he said he was friendless and I'm like the problem with that is, is that people don't realize that Mirio didn't say he didn't have friends to insult him he was saying he didn't have friends in an attempt to empathize with him and understand him better when this happens you know he's just cracking a joke just like he did at a sports festival he was trying to make that a, a right like when he was trying to make a good arrival he did the peach is right and like mooned them through a bush and now he did this here because humor is the thing that not i appreciated most about him he was kind of like i gotta do something to stall shigaraki i don't know what i can't hurt him uh crack a joke and that's what we got muriel is that kind of person anyway in general because mm-hmm. he always makes that weird crack jokes especially mm-hmm. when we first, he made his first appearance with deku and it's like he always had his face out and just like literally just talk out in the, in the middle of air and makes his jokes almost like dad jokes but, mm-hmm. and like i mean it worked sometimes dad jokes works i mean it's worth noting shigaraki did go which is kind of like, he kind of laughed. He kind of found it funny. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> this is, these two chapters are a lot of fluff. 
I could either talk about it for hours <laughs> or I could just tell you nothing because we got nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not saying they're bad chapters and I'm not saying that I didn't enjoy reading the chapters. Um, I, I think uh, as someone mentioned on Twitter, I think the artwork particularly in this chapter was very, very elevated. There was a lot more detail than we've been getting from some of the previous chapters. And I, I felt the level of intention empathy kind of increase to kind of set the tone that we're building into something. However, much like you said, Anaki, it I very much so got the JoJo and the credit cut at the mm-hmm. end of last of the of the previous week's chapter. And then this week's chapter really did feel like maybe the first 10 minutes of an episode. Like I really felt like I read the first like seven to 10 minutes of an episode. And I'm just like, it's like, what's next? And the thing is, we're, we're getting ready for a fight. So obviously that's to be understood. But I'm going to go ahead and put my criticism forward of we took too long to get here. As I've been saying time and time again, I personally feel, I'm not the writer, but I personally feel we took too long to get here. We, and I've been saying it, I, I, what do you do next? Because if Deku's not showing up and you're not showing us the other fights, why have we been here so long? We're finally here and it's still just kind of like, eh. Now I got to wait for you to drag me through the fight because now you have to take your time with this fight, right? Like this is a very, very important fight. Physically, mentally, and emotionally, this is going to be one of the most intent fights. However it decides to span and play out, it doesn't matter. We're gonna. We're now definitely going to be here even longer than I thought we were gonna possibly be here. So that's so, my big criticism and pushback. It's not a bad thing. It's just my criticism in reading it because I feel like we could have got here faster. With this being, in my opinion, structured like an episode, I personally think, after like thinking on it a little more from like what I was talking about earlier today, I think at most we'd have the next two chapters centered on this battlefield, and then we swap. Because this stage of Shigaraki, this second form, when you look at the way he was running, he's kind of lumbering. He looks almost clumsy. Mm-hmm. He's got a, he's like heavily reduced his speed. And mm-hmm. what Deku it has in this current form is the ability to like when you see the way he kind of ragdolled him with that first shot. Mm-hmm. And especially when you see it continuing to 367 and the dude bounces all the way back to the edge of the stage, like Deku hit that man hard as hell. Mm-hmm. So I kind of look at this as like a, this Gosh, defensive form, this, yeah, like this second form Shigaraki is about to get rocked because he's optimized for defense. And that's just not what you need when you're taking on Deku. Like, yes, you need to be able to protect yourself, but you mm, no. if he was able to kick you like that we already know like he's still got five gen charges at the start like at the end of this mm-hmm. chapter you, you see that it looks like both his legs are glowing and when his left arm has five gen on it he's it looks like he's got wolverine claws coming out with the black whip yeah he about to put the hurt on his boy yeah so and this is something that we talked about on church i don't know if i brought it up here but i see because of this fight reminds me very much of Planet Namek in the way that it's been structured. Ooh, that's such a good reference. Ooh, uh, I can so see you, it. I can see yeah, it. That's you too. Because even if you look back to like second form Frieza, it was this big bulky thing. 
And then the third form had like this oblong head or whatever, but like we might be getting that too with this. And so I see it as this second form is going to get that pressure applied to it, which is going to force them to reach out and try to find a third form. That third form is likely to prioritize speed and movement since we already had one that was just kind of like size-based and just like a base form, just trying to figure out what you want to do. Yeah, and then so the, we'll have so, a fourth stage eventually. So I, I don't know if we'll, I don't know. I, I have mixed. I think it might be five or it yeah. might just be three. And here's here's where my logic is. There may not be a need for another form yet. Back to the whole, this is going to be a big emotional, mental, and physical fight. We're, we're setting up for what you and I have talked about before, Anarchy, this kind of like rescuing of Shigaraki. Mm-hmm. And that's such an important point to the entire war that yeah it is very obvious that we can't stay here and that's and, I, and, and again if y'all been paying attention i keep telling y'all this was like we needed to leave to come back here we stayed here too long therefore again this is a this is the central fight this is a big fight we're gonna abandon this fight and you know what's a sad thing we're probably gonna be here i'd say maybe maybe four to five more chapters the two might be spot on but it might be a little bit more because I think they might try to handhold some of the interaction with Shigaraki to leave us on a certain type of cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then in doing that, then we're not going to come. It's, watch, we're not going to see Deku till like next year. Oh, <laughs> and mean, we're, we're, we're not seeing Deku. Like when, when Deku comes off the screen again, probably by the end of October or the beginning of November, we're not going to see Deku till like springtime, guys. So, and then like, the, the reason I said five possible transformations as well is that it, I think what we've seen is Shigaraki adapting to his environment. I think he's going to mm-hmm. adapt to Deku again. I think there's going to be another adaptation. And then, the, so I think he's going to adapt to Deku. There's going to be a merger of the consciences. And then there's going to be like almost like a semi perfect form. And then there's going to be like a perfect, perfect form. And that's so I think you. it might be five possible transformations in total. So three more transformations possibly on the loom there. So the main reason why I've been going with four is because of the fact that Shigaraki's birthday is April 4th. And specifically four, four is four. the number death. of death. Mm-hmm. So to me, it made sense for us to go four, four, get that fourth form. Uh, Tie that in a bow. The number of luck. <laughs> the four leaf and, clover. Um, <clears throat> and the way I look at it is, is that this second form, you know, Bakugo had a hole punched in his chest, similar to Vegeta. Got it, had a hole blasted at him by Krillin. And then he had to get healed up, you know, by Dende. So I'm kind of looking at this as like, oh, we're, we're kind of, it's kind of like, it's reminding me of DBZ a lot in that way. And yeah. so like we have this environment that's like being destroyed and we have to worry about like the environment around him falling and collapsing and that being the end of the heroes. At last, Goku has arrived to fight the Ginyu Force. So let me let me say this in to Spicy's comment about uh essentially rushing the rage. I agree. And I think if I had to actually nitpick at something from this most recent chapter that I hated the most, and I actually mean hate, is that. Because it's giving, I'm gonna anim. It's giving um Demon Slayer, uh episode 19 and episode 20 beginning. That's what this chapter is giving. 
it, mm. it's 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 like this really it's gonna be this really hyped up animated moment at the end of an episode and everyone's gonna go crazy and it's gonna be the first like minute of the next episode and then it's not gonna get fully flushed out or it's gonna be like dredged about and i don't i don't like that i also don't like the fact that if muriel is i don't understand the point of the interaction with muriel and deku here's here's why i don't understand the interaction because i don't end up seeing in this chapter Maybe we'll see it next chapter. I don't end up seeing that connect together in this chapter because so many things happen so quickly and Deku ends up with a resolution in this chapter. To me, it would have been better to let Deku sit in the anger and then next chapter, he has that conversation. He has the same flashback and then he snaps back and he has an actual interaction with um, with Mirimu and, 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 and says like, yo, I'm, I'm here. Like, you know what I'm saying? And I literally mean says, I'm here. Because the significance of, of saying that and in, in not, in, not in his I'm here to like, like not in his I here, like, like I'm here to fight, but like I'm here in presence of mine. Not like, not like the deepness of like, I'm here, like all might, but literally internally to himself, like, wait, no, I'm here. Like I am here in this fight. I am present in this fight. Like, like he, he didn't, to me, he didn't, he didn't actually check out. Like I saw it, I saw it drawn, but I didn't see him fully. Like I don't know, it, it might just be me. So there's a massive issue with Deku raging out here. Plot wise, it's the same thing I said about if Bakugo went down, which we eventually confirmed. Like which everybody we, got about ex- exactly. <laughs> if Deku exactly. rages out, they lose. Period. The end. Yeah, but then you 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 show you show the visage talking about you know. It's okay to be angry, and you can't, and that you can't afford about, that right now. But that's, that's what dragging like, it. Like, what, what, what <laughs> was then? What was the point? Okay, so if it's either the interaction with a million doesn't make sense, or the interaction or the flashback doesn't make sense. Well, my because what is, what is what is Muriel's role or what archetype do you think Muriel is supposed to fulfill within Deku's uh, character within the story? Oh, I, I think I think he's very much so another kind of like. <sighs> I don't want to say instructor, but for lack of a better termage right now, uh, a mentor-ish so, okay. guide so, person. However, that's not the way he's ever we, showing we gotta up. We got to tweak this. We got to tweak this. He's not supposed to be a mentor figure. He's supposed to be a big bro type. Mm-hmm. I mean, I consider all those things. I, I consider the, big bro, mentor, the distinction be... for that here, mm-hmm. the reason why you want to make that distinction is because the big bro is supposed to do, he's basically doing what Kamina did for Simone. Facts. Yeah. Like, no, before you even, don't even try to get, don't even try to lose your head. I'm right here. And that's part of why, like, we had that callback to the overhaul arc with Muriel being the last one standing, Muriel being the one like, damn, I really need some help here so that we could, like, have that connection reaffirmed because he was the one that was, like, next to Deku and encouraging him. Because Mirio has never really necessarily instructed Deku. He's always fulfilled a role where he's supposed to be encouraging. Right. And helping yeah. to elevate. Encouraging, encouraging is probably more so the word I wanted and, there. And, and that's why I say, like, he's more of a big brother figure than a mentor figure. Because he's supposed to be there to, like, help Deku up when he's down. Stop him from, like, losing track of himself. And Mirio's that's the role that Mirio played in Sun Eater's life, you know? Yeah. I see. So, and, okay, so so hear me out now. Even with that explanation, that's still my reason. What was the purpose of then knowing 
identifying that as the key function of him. What was the point of the interaction with the flashback happening beforehand in this specific chapter? Wait, wait, wait which flashback are you talking the, about? The, the, not or... the flashback, the interaction. Well, it is a flashback with the visage and then talking about like controlling the rage, uh, controlling your emotions and stuff. Oh, like talking about that is um because you see that Deku's eyebrows, like if you look at his face, his brows are still furrowed. furrowed He's right. still angry. But, and this is a distinction that I pointed out too, is like, you guys remember the Lord Slug movie for DBZ? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Remember how Goku went fall Super Saiyan? Mm-hmm. So I want you to go back to the Rage panel real quick. And you look, you see that there's the black whip forming around him. It's coming out of his hair, right? Mm-hmm. See that? Now I want you to go back to the last page of the chapter. No, I, I saw it. I just, I don't know. So, I just feel if that, so let, again, let me, let me reiterate this. I don't think it's bad. I just think it was clustered together in this one chapter. And it probably should have been spread out between this chapter and next week's chapter. Like, that's my criticism. Like, let me, let me be very clear about what my actual criticism is. I feel like it's it. too congested in this spot. And it takes away from what both of those moments, I think, should have independently been to lead to where Deku currently ends up being all in the end of this chapter so it happens across like five pages and that so what's weird about this is that i think this is something that is going to be paced this is something that in a week-to-week manga i would not want it spread across two chapters and the reason i wouldn't want that is because it would be how do i put this it would almost feel like padding the runtime because with this, like if we get the anime episode, we'll be able to have the music playing as he's like looking and scouting and seeing stuff, get that zoom in on the card and mm-hmm. have that reaction. Like as an anime episode, this stuff is going to be paced out fine. Like you mentioned, this could be like the first yeah, 11 no, like, minutes I, of I an can, episode. And, that, and I, I, again, that's what I said. I said at the beginning, like, I know that I know this is going to be this is going to be good content for an anime episode. Yeah. And so I think that's part of where this chapter gets kind of weird, because like storyboarding wise for an anime, perfect. <clears throat> For a chapter, it, it can feel a little fast. I can I see what you're saying, and like it kind of, but I would not want to spend a chapter of Deku raging because any chapter with like if Deku's raging, and he's gonna fight Shigaraki, he can't rage and fight Shigaraki, or he's automatically gonna lose. Yeah, facts. That's and that's what Shigaraki says. Shigaraki right. So like, it's like that's what I'm I'm going for. This I know the type of person you are. I'm trying exactly. to rage you. And so it's like, we can't get a fight under the circumstance that Deku was guaranteed to lose. So he has to get psychologically reeled in. He has to be mentally pulled back. And so if you split it over two chapters, then that means we, what we really would have gotten is like a chapter where there would have been like black tendrils flying everywhere. And it basically would have been like, it would have been like cool to look at. It's going to be animated that way still. <laughs> but, but that's, and that's what I'm saying. Like, that's it would have like, been cool. That's like, five minute content right there. Yeah, like, facts. It would have been cool to look at for us like, I guess what it comes down to is, it's like from a rule of cool angle, I get stretching it across two chapters. From a storytelling angle, I don't. And I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll level with that then. I'll level with that. It, it storytelling wise, no. But I guess I'm being more critical because I'm reading it, and I'm trying to also stop reading with the mindset of week to week in mind, and think of the whole arc that I'm, I'm, you know, I'm digesting, and I'm just like, it just felt weird. Like even, I don't know. Even just maybe chopping the last page, even just the the interaction back to all for one and asking if Shigaraki is there. Now, don't get me wrong. When when I when I take the the bias filters off and I look at everything, 
it needed to all be in one place. That's why I'm saying like I could see like pieces of this just being the next chapter. Mm-hmm. But it's just again, it's just one of those days for me where I'm just kind of like looking at it. And I was like, you did a lot. You did a whole lot. And with not a lot of words, with very important expression happening from multiple characters. And then it's just kind of like you're off and you're on to the next thing in this very same chapter. You know what I mean? Like you go through almost three different acts in this one chapter. Because you get the arrival, which I was glad that they just straight up confirmed. Because I think we talked about this a yeah, lot. Yeah, we, we had supposed that. With the yeah. with Stars boys where I was like, mm-hmm. they're going to get court-martialed regardless. So Yeah, they, they're already, they already <laughs> screwed. <laughs> like, they might as well just go ahead and help yeah. out for as long as possible before they go home. I mean, they get blamed for the person. They get blamed for uh, Stars and Stripes' death. So regardless, at least try to kill the big bad. And at least maybe you have, you keep, you, you don't go to jail. Well, if you think back to it, they what they said, what General Akbar said was, this will cost you more than your hero license. Mm-hmm. So they were going to be court martial, loose, yeah, they're probably, hero they're privileges, probably, they're probably going to be in prison. Honestly, they, it's 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 definitely it, like in the reality of what this was. If we were in the real world talking about this, like this would be um, grounds for treason, essentially. Yeah. Especially yeah. because you then took our star, our number one hero, and got her killed. Not saying that she wouldn't have found a way to go there herself, but you can you basically aided in the treason. And it, 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 bro, the way America, like if we really think about America, the way our America handles things, the way that they would have tried to paint this and villainize mm-hmm. everything that happens, even villainize her. Very true. Oh my gosh, like this would this would be on the news for like two months. <laughs> They'll be like, they should be con- they're considered Japan's resident now. They have citizenship yep. now, they're saved here. Yep. It's like a reversal of the uh, Koichi stuff where Koichi goes to the U.S. partially to like, you know, rehab his image and earn money like they're staying in Japan to get the job done because once they go back to the U.S. they're screwed anyway. Um, I mean, they do support Deku because they know, uh, apparently they know the secret to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That the U.S. government knows. I mean, the world, the world knows the secret, essentially. Yeah, like any- per- that was what I got confirmed from that interaction is that it's not just that it was announced, but it was announced, broadcast, and spread, and the whole entire world knows now because mm-hmm. All Might is a worldly figure. I think we forget mm-hmm. about that because he spends so much time in his degraded form, um, losing power, and he's just based in Japan. But he's like, no, he literally he starts by he hasn't been in Japan for an extended period of time. That's literally how the series starts. He's back in japan after not being in japan for an extended period of time it's so I also think, i think that's important to understand that his influence is literally worldly and if you think back to what's his name like the merlion from i think he was the the hero of singapore and he was like all might one of my homies mm-hmm. like the same was like with salam the number one hero of egypt like they were mm-hmm. like yo that's our boy like what yeah. you mean like yeah you telling us to stand down on our friend, you're not sliding for is, our boy yeah that's crazy it was like, so, we'll yeah. spend a block th- thrice for that, man. What you mean? So it, it's like, but I'm, I'm just glad we got like that hard. And then the fact that they did a hopscotch formation for him, I actually really liked that because he was able to like really build up Fajin. So mm-hmm. I'm kind of like, and so for me, I didn't, I guess that's where it also comes down to too, is that if we had spent a chapter letting Deku be angry and standing there and posturing and then a chapter getting his head on straight it would have felt like a uh how do i put this nicely it would have felt like i was reading a one piece episode 
and I mean that in the when they do the let me take give you a shot of everybody's face that lasts five seconds, then pan across Luffy's hand, then pan across Luffy's face, then show you Luffy's entire body, mm-hmm. then show you the villain's face, then show you the villain's weapon, then show you the villain's entire body, then show you both of them on screen at the same time, then to give you that split screen, and mm-hmm. then have Luffy challenge them and say he's gonna be king of the pirates or something like that. I don't want to ever read a toy paste chapter if that makes sense no i i, I oh, get yeah, you so, and, and, <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. and so so let me let me now let me now say this and this is not me backtracking any kind of way my favorite things about this chapter specifically this this current chapter is the transitions that happen like i said it feels like we go through three arcs in this and it happens smoothly definitively and I feel every single moment of every single panel in this in this entire chapter. I genuinely feel very much so engaged. I very much so feel like, oh, okay. And the, I feel like the impact and the significance of Stars and Stripes being brought back up, the timing of everything. And again, just the actual overall art and detail that went into this chapter. I have way more good things to say about this chapter than I have yeah. bad things to say about this chapter. I just have one. Like I said, my one serious critique is it was a lot. It was a lot of content. And it was a lot of content. And what happens when you have two things that can happen when you get a lot of content like this in a, in a chapter. And this is, again, this is praise, not criticism. You either see people speak way too vaguely or you get Hunter x Hunter level of dialogue oh, <laughs> in man. your chapters. Yeah. And this chapter is, is paced in a way, like I said, I, I have my grasp with it, but it's paced in a way that makes sense. I get everything. Every single piece of this chapter is interconnected and ties from one story to another. Literally, it's, it's like a play. I literally went from act one, act two, act three in this chapter. It all makes sense. And I get why it happened in this chapter. I do. I do genuinely get it. And I, I really appreciate it. And like I said, I this might be my second most anticipated Deku moment that I'm waiting to see. Oh, yeah. Um, also, Kenny, don't worry, because there's a portion that you're going to have to try to do the same for me and be like, wait, wait, here, look, look at some of the good here. Because there's some stuff, <laughs> there's, a, there's a stuff, something we're going to be talking about later that I'm going to be like, look, I'm going to be real with you. If it, if I, are we talking about One Piece later or are you talking about for My Hero later? It, it, not for One Piece or My Hero, for a different series we don't talk oh, about. Oh, okay. Okay. So okay. You, okay. You, you're going to have to help me okay. out because. I'll try. <laughs> I'll try. I'll try. I'll there was try. also a lot of panels that doesn't feel wasted neither. Because we know no, Hori, yeah. Hori, Hori's very concentrated on each entire panel. Even with the mirror smiling, like, yes, my boy, finally here. And then the next page, yeah, Shigaraki seeing Deku's Fajin. And I think that was from the fourth, right? Second user. Or third user, sorry, third user. Third user, yeah. Uh, East has taken to calling him Judon. Which, okay. So this is something that I really wanted to talk, like we were talking about on stream, that's kind of cool, which is that the first three users are seem to be the biggest thorn in all for one side up until All Might, basically. Because like, he, think about it, he gets hit by this Fajin kick and he's like, oh, where did I see that he before? Yeah, he Flashback. Stays. Bakugo out blitzes him and like smacks him in the face and he's like ah, second user that dude and like of course yoichi's his like little brother 
And we know that the quirks weren't that great back then. So it's not like mm-hmm. AFO was like stockpiling like the super big air cannon and stuff that he had back then. So like one of the things that I was saying was that the third user likely had a higher dam- consistent damage output than the fourth user and possibly mm-hmm. even higher out- consistent output than Banjo just because of the double stacking mechanic. Mm-hmm. So the other, the other thing is like, so y'all, the, you know what's crazy? We've never talked about this, but Deku is a living quirk evolution of multiple quirks. Mm-hmm. It's true. That's what makes him the scariest of all of the users thus far. It's not just that he has them. It's not that he can stack them together and double them up alone. It's the fact that <laughs> it's the things that all for one remembers enhanced. And he mm-hmm. technically has that for every single, not technically, it has been told to us that he basically has that for every single one of them. They've all evolved over time by the merging, by the stacking, by the different users and the different interfaces and a different way that people try to take advantage of, you know, mastering that. And the, the biggest thing with everything is that All Might now, All Might didn't have access. And that in and of itself is actually a crucial, and I know it's going to come up again later on. It's a crucial part of everything because I think All Might represents a not the catalyst, but the the vase that contains the thing. Deku is really the catalyst, ultimately. Like the handoff to Deku is the catalyst, and Deku is going to be the ultimate, like final form of it all. But I think the the reason all might had to not be able to was for there to be a generation for the quirks to evolve that is my theory personally and i think I mean, that that's going to be something kind of did explain that, that. I, I would they, say narratively not, ex- not yeah. yeah that's that's just facts like narratively yeah. like all might was able to because and the thing is is that when we see deku use even like 45 percent like back during the war arc when shigaraki does the decay wave he tries to do like a St. Louis smash air force to counteract it. It's like, yeah, it didn't work. But when you think about the fact that that air blast took up the entire street, like if you're fighting him in a city, you're getting hit by that attack. Unless you're really, really, really fast can immediately get high enough in the air. And then you're opened up to not being able to necessarily move depending on what your quirk is. So we already saw, and like, I, you know, this is one of the things that's kind of funny because people used to be like, oh, he gave Deku multiple quirks because he couldn't make it interesting with just hand-to-hand combat. And I'm like, no, it's because we already saw All Might do what he did. We don't need to see more, okay, I just use Air Blast and hit hard. He wanted to have more stylized fights. And I actually thought All Might had multiple quirks from the jump. And then it just kind of wasn't that case. And then how it is. So I'm like, all right, cool. Because One for All was kind of described as a we love Katamari Ball. Uh, of quirks so i was like well we we should probably have some of them picked up then huh um but like black whip being able to go for miles it looks like the smoke screen being able to go for multiple city blocks clearly like the quirks being in there and bacon has had some substantial benefits the only one that i feel like didn't get a massive buff off sitting there that long was danger sense and that's more to do with the fact that Danger Sense only detects malice or harm, it seems. And even that might not be the case. There might become a point where Deku can train it where he can just sense any attack. Wait, wasn't that pretty in a longer distance when he when when he fought against Nagant? 
because he was literally using that danger sensor to pinpoint where she was shooting from and everything now it did help him you know what i think it's gonna be you know what i think it's gonna be it's going to help deku pinpoint specifically the soul of shigaraki to help deku have that interaction to save shigaraki and that's gonna be the like blossoming of that quirk that is shigaraki still in there question man he's in there uh, i love that i love that we keep I mean, playing around with that i love that we keep playing around with that because you notice that he goes back and forth in the writing where mm-hmm. there's moments where he's very much so saying it's shigaraki and then there's moments where he's very much so like you're all for one right mm-hmm so it's, I mean, it's I, very interesting. I think he knows this is all for one because, like, you see how often one's like talking, getting to his head, and like lying to him, stuff like that. Oh, like, oh, absolutely! It's and it's then, the fact that Shigaraki flashes periodically that I, I'm I'm kind of like pitching at there. Like right. there's moments where there's like it's very much so clearly not all for one. And Lil Tanko is definitely. Does Deku know his name? Tenko's name. I don't think he knows. I don't think he knows Tenko. That and that in of itself is something that I think will be interesting because the way Tenko kind of busts in, I could see Deku referring to him as something, and him being like, "What are you talking about? I'm Tenko." Blah blah blah. blah. Just because he's so reactionary and how he mm-hmm. lashes out, which which goes back to Sam's point a couple episodes ago about you know the whole it super id, you know mm-hmm. like yeah, that ego, that perspective, yeah that that perspective of of playing around with the ego. Sorry. Um, the ego and super ego that playing around with all of that um i think it's going to come up again sam i think it's very much so going to come up again as we kind of continue to navigate this fight because i think like i said i think there's a mental part an emotional part and a physical part that has to happen with this i don't think we're quite beyond the um any of them honestly i think we got a preview of both where the emotions can lie where the mental state and i think we end kind of like where the mental state of everything is um, but we see the physical, we see the emotional, and I think, we, like I said, we kind of wrap up with the mental at the end of the chapter. And yeah, we get that big question. So, <laughs> is he still in there? Because mm-hmm. I'm here to defeat you, but really I'm here to save him. And I think that's the, again, I think that's the whole story, right? The story is how I became a hero. What does it mean to be a hero? A hero is responsible for saving and protecting lives all the lives doesn't matter who it is save and protect come on police y'all take notes serve and protect (laughs) everyone you're not lying though to a certain degree you could argue that Deku went through that same battle in this chapter where it was the id being like rage out whoop his ass do it because that's that primal energy you know and then the super ego, or in this case, Muriel functions as that to be like, that's not what you need to be doing right now. X, Y, and Z is what's going on over here. Uh, ABC is why we you got to do this. D, E, A, F, you know, for that, make sure you stay focused because you can't afford to lose. And then when Deku was like, is Shigaraki still in there? We're centered back on like the ego in the final chapter or him coming back to his true self and being like, is Shigaraki in there because that's my goal is to figure out if I could save him or if I just got to try to beat you down that mental state that we watched Deku kind of run through in this chapter we're going to see Shigaraki cycle through over the next couple 
or any that involve the two of them or this fight or this stage. Uh, wait, this isn't the boys, the best hero story. Uh, I wouldn't say all that. Yeah, I would, I would go that far. There's definitely a lot of collateral damage. I don't know. We might not be too far. <laughs> I, I, wait, Sam, were you saying you want to go too far about the boys being the best superhero story or something else? Oh, yeah, that. No, uh, yeah. Yeah, no. Um, no uh, I, mean, I have the I mean, boys uh, comfortably sitting at a B grade. <laughs> so It's interesting and fun and more realistic. But Oh, no. I thought I thought that was a, a play on the My Hero Academia. I know you were saying the boys are the best. Hero no, story. it was a response to something in the chat. <laughs> somebody said like this isn't the boys the best hero story and i'm like nah <laughs> yeah the, the boys is fun but i don't have it up like that no so anything else for my hero y'all um I, this these are setup chapters so i'm not too worried about it if anything i want to ask i guess i want to ask you guys like i said i think we could spend two more chapters here you know can you set like four or five but I will also say that there's a part of me that's like, if we cut away from this right now, I wouldn't be shocked either. Yeah, if it was next chapter, yeah. <laughs> literally next chapter would not and be we just, shocked. Whoop. Wouldn't be right. shocked. Yeah, I feel like next chapter just literally just transitioned to the different other fights and stuff. It's been a while since we've seen uh, Toga and Ochakla's fight already. Like, it's been over a year, I think. Um, let me it, see. Was, it was the first interaction, so it has to have been at least a year. It's been a while, a while. It's like see. JJK. We haven't seen Yuji over a year. Yo, you know what would be funny? You know what would be funny if today was the the year anniversary of that chapter dropping. <laughs> the last oh, time man. we saw Toga and Oshako, but that was a good way to push the buttons from all from all for one. It's like, yo, so are you gonna blame you being late? The reason why all this happened? Are you even blame Toga for this? Mm -hmm. uh make your excuse man like there was nothing there was nothing i can do i never saw it coming you, you knew everybody knew and then it's just yeah. like you're running from your responsibilities you were supposed to be here you were supposed to protect these people bakugo shouldn't have been this bad of a shape the the thing that's so scary i think about all for one in regards to like this verse is he's also very aware of what it takes to be a hero and that's what makes his villainy that much more heinous that's what makes his mind games that much more heinous. because he knows and he plays into that fact I think, I think the last time we saw toga in them was march this march yeah oh, this last march but yeah because it was uh yeah, oh, that's it, when it, i thought mm, i'm felt, looking at it now it felt so much longer like the actual like interaction initially or was that like a cut round Oh, um, we got a little bit of Toga and Ochako in March where where she's like, that's where we leave off with, I'm Himiko Toga and I've got no use for heroes, so get ready to say bye-bye. And then it's like the Dobby stuff starts, I think. Dang, was the Dobby stuff only like a month and a half? Man, three, because I feel like I almost know, like we've gotten less. It feels, so it feels this, so far away. Because it's so like, was I know this, this fight much longer than all the rest of it? Then, yes, oh, uh, significantly, significantly yes. so. I think we brought that up last week. That it's like it's the length of like almost all of those chapters. I was just guessing, but I was saying it, it feels like the duration of everything else we've gotten so far. Basically, I'm trying to think. No, yeah. we didn't. We didn't stay on Gigamaki along. We didn't stay on Spinner long, so that would make sense. They both got like a chapter or two by themselves. 
So yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess it could have been. I guess it was earlier this year. I guess that's, that's, it's so just we that. started. We started the Toga thing at the bottom or the top of this year. The bottom of last year, the top of this year. Like March is sense. around the last time we saw Toga and then the Shoto stuff. And I think part of it comes so down to like if when, you did, look, when did the when did the war start? When did this not the war? When did this final class start? That's like, the better question. You talking about like this whole arc as a premise or like yeah, yeah. Once um, once we got to like this is the this is like this actually started. February 13th was when we got the Aoyama calling all for one on the phone. Okay. And, yeah. Okay. Man, so basically, why I, yeah. Why did I think that was like last summer, bro? It it's so because a lot has happened this year. Golly. And we've had like several breaks in between there too. That's that's the crazy part. Like Ch- a Ch- lot Ch- has Ch- happened. And this just this year of my hero. Yeah, the content is is that of feeling like a year, but it's actually only been. And what, it's seven, also been shorter months? shorter amount of pages too. So Six usually months. it's at like 12, 13 pages. This time it has like fifteen pages technically. Uh, yeah, we're getting we're getting page. we're getting more content. Again, that's the again that's my comment. That's my 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 praise is that I'm I'm getting a lot in a Whoa. very healthy balance. Real life, I really do care about the Otakasu and Toga fight a lot because the whole entire reason why we love Twice and we actually love Toga's my favorite favorite character. There's some like real like (laughs) we want to see how this resolves. This is like real shit. And Toga, she has Twice's blood. Yeah, Toga, Toga is actually arguably the person I'm most scared of in this current fight, Mm -hmm. based off of a series of things that have happened. And again, like I just said, Toga is my favorite character in the series. Since she always, from the time they showed her and like explained her, I was like, I, I really, really genuinely like this character. It's also kind of scary that we're not even too sure if Toga might even survive at the end of this because I can think of it this way how Toga was killing that reporter mm-hmm. during uh, the My Hero villain arc. I'm afraid Ochako might have to do that, the same technique, because there's so many twice copies and her copies and that sort of stuff. Is probably the only way to like take down the, the numbers within the clones and stuff like that. But it can more be an accidental casualty kind of thing. But it's more of she has no other choice. It was either to go let the, let the one thousand twice copies be on the ground invading everybody, or have them all up in the air and just let the fall damage happen and just let. It has no choice but. Boy, I mean, she some could dark, just, some dark stuff you just described there. She could pull a <laughs> a, a Joseph Joestar and just kind of let her float off to space. Oh yeah. boy! But yeah, Sam, did you have any other extra thoughts in regards to? I actually didn't think things? I actually didn't think that we needed the Deku Rage Mode fight kind of thing because we got that during the uh, War Arc. Like literally the same stuff. Dagogo got hurt, like mm-hmm. literally stabbed and hurt. Deku became the emotional type and gone rage with the Black Wizard and everything. And almost got a one for all stolen. Got into that last fight, and that's but at least that's how he found out about Tenko. Mm-hmm. So, so th- I think it's it's a growth thing. I think uh, at the end of the day, and I think that's why this chapter does work well, is because it was shown this way, and that's maybe that's why he felt the need to contain it in a chapter. Is it's I think it's a sign of a lot of different growths, and in a short amount of time, which is another point that Shigaraki kind of points out is like. He's definitely stronger. Yeah. Like, he got ragged all of them. was way like, wait. I'm in my defensive form. That hurt more than what he, what he was hitting me with. Oh, come on, y'all. Like, right. 
what happened out there? <laughs> but also trying to get in his mind all at the same time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which I think that's that's another case of him underestimating these heroes, right? And I, I think that's part of what All For One's, per- that's the per- All For One personality influence. Because if you think about it, All For One kind of treated Endeavor like he was not going to be able to touch him at all. And then like as he was coming in with the Vanishing Fist, remember he was like, wait, the heat's getting through my hard flame fan. What's this? And then Endeavor was like, I'm going to just ball real quick. And he was like, well, I guess uh, turns out fire kills everything. So I'm just getting my ass beat now, huh? And it was like, yeah, kind of. You kind of (laughs) are. So same thing here. He didn't think about the fact that if Deku was able to hit, like, obviously he doesn't have the exact percentages Deku's using. But he wasn't thinking of it like, well, Deku was able to hit like 45% back towards the beginning of April, end of March, and now we're in May, and he spent um, like a month straight grinding and gaining XP, fighting niggas left and right, so now, like, he didn't factor that in and think, oh yeah, maybe he's stronger than he used to be, and you notice, we haven't gotten any percentage updates right now, so we have no idea what percent of One For All Deck he was using here. Hey, he hit he hit something and he didn't declare it and he hit with the force of a full 100. So I'm just I just was like I don't want to think anymore. I literally thought about it. I was like he didn't declare an attack, but that that attack rocked rocked him. And yep. I was like he didn't say something smash. He didn't say nothing. That I think that was just raw power of his current self, and that in itself is scary because that means he could probably turn it up a lot more. Well, because he's right now, he's using his Kaioken technique. Right. So he's just applying that. If Deku decides to actually use 100% with his Fajin. Yeah, he got to go Super Saiyan God with the Kaioken. He's going to rip out a little piece of his body like, with that kid. So I mean, he could, I mean, he could grow it back. Deku, Deku's probably realistically still consciously holding back. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'll be very happy if your point, if your your point of like we just go to like a next thing immediately, um, next chapter, I'd be really happy with that. That would make I would actually be the most happy with that direction. Okay, let's move on to JJK. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about JJK. <laughs> I do have some questions about JJK though. It's like it, it, it for one thing, it does confirm. That Maki is now techno full Toji now. But it's also opened up some more questions on um she's a, like it does open up the question where like before when we saw the domain uh during the Shibuya arc, we had the fight of Maki, uh Megumi, the other uh sorcerer fighting that Kappa curse sorcerer in, in his own domain expansion. Mm-hmm. But Toji just literally just let himself in there in this situation when Nalia uses his domain expansion uh maki literally could just move anytime she wants to or just it does not affect her because she has no curse energy just like toji so and this is why i was like you might have to come through for me here on this one kendall because the biggest issue I've had with this situation is that it's genuinely just felt ridiculously convenient. And that's the only way I can describe this comedy. Convenient. Um, 
the the I guess the upside is, is that I don't think Naoya was a registered curse within the game. Just like Maki can't be an actual player in the game, but it just hasn't sat right with me, especially because it's like, all right, we got the dude, the katana dude, so that she can learn how to wield her sword better. We got the hyperbolic time chamber so she could train and get her better utilization of her senses better. And then it's like, all right, cool. And domains don't work on you. And I'm like, all right, this is, well, shit, like, cool. I guess it, it wasn't as satisfying for me. And like, I, I just wish there was a bit more, I'm trying to figure out how to explain it. I, I feel like there wasn't enough real adversity in this fight, at least. Like, no, it was fake from start to finish. It was fake. Maki, Maki was already way too strong. And I think it's one of those writing yourself in a hole and trying to write yourself out of it afterwards. I think very intentionally understood what they were doing with Maki and where they were trying to get Maki from like point A to point B to point C. However, Maki, like I said, from the time she came back, Maki is stronger than everyone. That was without a doubt. And I think there wasn't a proper way to explain and showcase how all of those things essentially came together. And as such, we ran into this conundrum. She has powers. She's already strong. She already has the muscle. The bow is there in place. She can kind of see things without the glasses now, but she still has no curse spirit. And what happened was, I think, there's, there was probably some more things that should have got flushing out, the, flushing out, should have got flushed out in the chapters when Maki initially inherited that power and fought it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why it was important to bring him back as the catalyst to kind of bring that story full circle again. But it's so late. And it happens after we've now had what? five colony fights or is this the fifth colony fight let's see we had yuji versus garuma megumi versus reggie yuta six. versus six what's their hakari versus kashima but hakari also fought charles mm -hmm. so yeah and, this is like, and um, panda fight two. Oh yeah panda versus kashima yeah and then did we say um what's his name yuta yeah, we did. Oh, yeah, YouTubers. You, you had multiple and... fights. The, the cockroach, the so, sky yeah, girl. I will say, if you if you want to, even if you want to combine them, it's still about, it's a lot of series of fights. And before we got to this, like, or at the beginning of this, um, I don't know if you were here, but I kind of pointed that out. There's like, the stakes have been building as we introduced new characters in the sequence of the colonies. And I didn't understand how to showcase Maki. Because we already understood everything we needed to know about Maki, right? If the, if the idea was, which they confirmed, is that she is basically the second coming of, um, what's his name? Then Toji. Toji. Then it's just like, well, yeah, we kind of we kind of pieced that together ourselves already. Here. Yeah, it's just you know that what I mean. So it's just we were like, just really already... comparing how much are they together? Like, exactly. Right, exactly. Like, like how a... how you how much similarity is there? Is there anything that's special or different or unique about? her in regards to this approach is there something that's innate to the clan these are the questions that we kind of had and guess what we didn't really get any answer about any of that until the end of this chapter so we what did we watch the fight for what was the prelude of the fight what was the initial meetup with the um 
uh what's his name as well like it it feels like they was just trying to put it's like the story was there and they just he it just felt like giga tried to fill in around the story mm-hmm. which i think is accurate and i don't think i'm i don't want to say i'm ex- i expected as much but that is kind of it seems to be their preferred writing style they kind of seem to like to write backwards a lot and i think sometimes that just doesn't work out for any writer right mm-hmm. that just doesn't always pan out and i think we got so much back then and not enough now that it just felt like yeah i'm just gonna go ahead and fill this in what what was the purpose of him showing up when he showed up what was the purpose of the other two people being present where they showed up are they even actually in a colony or are they like in transit to a colony colony. i'm just saying we've been here so long i don't even remember what happened at the beginning of this fight why was this fight so long you know Uh, yeah so so i will however to bring you back in (laughs) thank you we did get good things from this fight this fight isn't fully wrapped up we'll probably have like well i mean it's it's concluded the fight's over right but we got we got the confirmation it took the whole fight but we got the confirmation toji next gen we got an updated status on where maki is i think we also get a realization of the things that happen in the clan aren't far removed from the timeline of when this happened which was one of the criticisms that i have is that i didn't really understand i was alluding based off of what i assumed to be buzz splatter and scars that this probably did like she probably showed up very shortly after the incident that happened at the at the Zenin clan and so oh, yeah. um if you so if you go back over a year um fushiguro talked to hikari i think the day before mm-hmm. the Zenin massacre because he was like i'm the head of the Zenin clan and hikari was like hmm? And and then yeah. I think it was like a little bubble. It's like one day before the Zenin massacre or something like that. Yep, yep, yep. So we I, and I said that because, like I said, I think we we all kind of a lot of time hasn't passed. Now, I guess that's kind of like to go back to the point is that mm-hmm. we've actually got a lot happen that probably happened congruently, almost congruently. We know that they're like offset from each other based off of the rules, right? So mm-hmm. that's like the other thing. Based off of the rules, the rules announcement are basically giving us a certain timeline for the way that these fights are um, concluding. And I think what we've gotten from this is one, we got a loop around a loop, uh, loop around a rule for one of the rules that they needed in Maki. I think that was a very big, big point. I think she can move point, between colonies. Yeah, I think the point that she can move between colonies became a super relevant point. She's already somebody that can move as superhumans, um, you know, movements and speeds and strengths. So like her being able to go between colonies created this whole other vacuum of things that just, it kind of, it was like a win for the home team. On top of that, again, we did see Maki come back. We got an explanation about the the sword that she inherited because that, I felt that was super glossed over um, mm-hmm. back in the Zani massacre. We got um, basically an understanding of why we we got we got the full scope of her psyche and i know that doesn't seem like a lot but it was something that kind of got glanced over because what we saw was maki has been walking in grief and even in most of this fight i think she is literally just existing in a state of grief 
and just moving. And I think it's important to kind of flush out like, okay, she did need time. I think that time in the, in the verse, she was able to process where she was, what she needs to do, what she inherited. And all of these things were all like process of her healing from her trauma. And I think those are the good parts. I'm not going to step away from the fact that there's a lot of just fluff. It's just this whole fight has felt like fluff. But you know what? There was parts of the previous fight that felt like fluff to me. And oh, there was no. parts of, there's parts of, and it feels like there's been progressively more fluff with these fights. The, and I was thinking about it and I'm like, without question now, at least for me, the best segment of the Cullen game was the Megumi versus Reggie fight. It was absolutely yes. the Megumi versus Reggie fight. And then uh, the next best thing was Yuta, his actual fight, not the, the fluff, but the actual, just the combat that happened and everything. Mm -hmm. And then what have we really gotten since then? We got a cool ability Hikari's, from Hikari's abilities. And, and then they got fluffed. For me, one of the things that I didn't like about the Hikari fight, which I kind of talked to one of my buddies about after the stream, and it was like, he didn't use the doors outside of his domain. I don't think he used the no. doors in the domain. Didn't use the ball. Uh, Kashimo didn't comment on the roughness of his cursed energy. While in jackpot state, he technically has infinite curse energy. So you would think we would see some techniques that exploit the rough texture of his uh, curse energy so that he can like cleave people or something like that with punches. And we got like nothing like that. Just general hand-to-hand -hand combat and him just constantly healing. And like, at first it was kind of cool. Like some of the stuff was cool to like see him like use reverse curse technique and like push his uh, opponent's cursed energy out through his nose but after a while it was just like okay we get it he's immortal while jackpot is active that, that's fine that wasn't hard to understand and it's like they just kept adding like it's like Gege wanted to like cover a bunch of bases mm. of immortality and it's like we that we get it uh if anything I don't care if there's an exception you already explained that the exception would have been if he had managed to have his brain destroyed anything else up in the air so not that worried about it if he can push cursed energy out of his body then it's assumed that he'd be able to deal with poison and we spent some time with him dealing with poison i'm hoping that after this maki section we're gonna get focused on like plot advancement again because this get like maki can't even make rules mm -mm. so she's just there to randomly take people out of the game I mean, Naoya wasn't even part of the game. He never accepted this round, neither. She's, exactly. she's, a, she's not, not a messenger pigeon, but a messenger wolf, basically. She's a yeah. messenger battle wolf. <laughs> um, she, can, she can take messages and she can deal immense damage and destruction on, on, on their wake. But I think, and this is going to sound really harsh, I think everything outside of the Yuji and Megumi part of this calling games has been over-glorified set up. Yeah. Just stretched oh. out over-glorified setup for what I'm hoping is going to end up being something really epic over the span of the next part of whatever this, this sequence is. I don't know if it's going to be like a different arc or whatever. I don't know how they're going to phrase it. So I don't want to like assume anything, but whatever the next step of things are, I, I think, like I kept saying, I think a lot of this has been 
explaining the different strengths, weaknesses, versatility, and uniqueness of domain expansion. That's the biggest unique thing about every single one of these fights that they have presented a different, unique, or a broader perspective on domain expansions in some specific form. So and I think that's been the thing that I've appreciated. But again, uh, yes. that's what makes this arc feel even more cheesy because if her, if what she's contributing is she's unaffected, why did I need the entire... Mm, you know yeah, yeah all right he got pushed to a limit so he unlocked his domain expansion much like we had assumed before and we kept saying it was like it only makes sense for it to be an absolute hit or a guaranteed hit type of ability that's yep. the only thing that made sense for the type of ability that he had and why would it be I, anything else we even guessed that it was i was like yeah it kind of has to be uh something similar the palm to, ability yep, and it just it. ended up being cellular palm ability and i'm like mm-hmm. all right cool Yep, and we said oh. it had to be similar to Megumi's and we word for word in the chapter. <laughs> like, it, it, we really like, and I think that's that's the gripe. The gripe is, so unlike other series that we talk about where we're always praising, hey, the unpredictability, things like Undead Unlocked, it's like you're becoming too predictable to a point where I'm getting impatient waiting for you to just announce the thing that I've already understood because you did write it so well. You wrote it so well that I clearly understand it and you're just taking a very long time to confirm the thing that you have basically already explained to me. It's a case of the, yeah, I get it. Uh, it's, and it's a thing that I think a lot of authors walk a very tight line between I accidentally underexplain and people get lost all the time or I explain a lot of stuff so people get it, but then there are readers who already understand it or they understand the explanations and then you add on a couple extra rules and it's like, okay, yeah, and you do a bit more talking and it's like, okay, dude, I get it. I don't need this many chapters to explain this point. And yeah, the, Tagashi and Gege are the biggest defenders of this. Uh, and, you know, Gege is a big Tagashi fan, so that's kind of what that is. Um, and to the Yuji should have died against Higurama point, I'm glad he didn't because one of the things about JJK that is kind of like a small thorn in my foot is that I, like, there's people who are like, Yuji's going to die at the end of the series. Yuji's going to die at the end of the series. I don't believe that. I can't believe that. And I can't believe it because within, you know, the first 10 chapters, he had his heart ripped out and was brought back from the dead. Choso basically killed him. And once and destroyed him and he was given 10 fingers so he came back to life and then like 30 or 40 chapters later yuta kills him which per the rules of the uh pact he made basically says he did kill him and brought him back to life anyway so i'm like yuji's already been brought back to life three times within 150 chapters more or less i i I don't need to see him fight higurama die and then still somehow get brought back i don't need that I just want y'all to know y'all flame Dragon Ball Z for this all the time. So don't don't come and follow this up later and be like, oh no, in other series. We we know. And guess what? We we got a problem with it in other series too. Which is why we're pointing it out now. And that's also kind of why, like, I'm like, if I see people mad about, you know, certain other series doing this recently, but they ain't said nothing about this, I'm not taking them seriously. I mean, Uh, technically, I mean, we can say the same thing with Falcon Girl. Technically, technically did die. More oh, than every, once, everybody was everybody and now coming back to life. It's like everybody mm-hmm. was in a tussie when Bakugo 
came back to life. And again, I will air quotes that because technically he ain't been resuscitated yet. So as far as I'm concerned, he's not back to life. Uh, yeah, a shot dog in him has not hit yet. So yeah, he 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 inhaled the bit, the edge shot deep enough yet. But back back to, to the the JJK point, it's just it's frustrating, man. And that's that's the only thing I have to say about it. I'm happy to see Maki. I'm happy to get this. I I almost wish though mm-hmm. that he gave us something else. I wish there was more. I wish it wasn't. Oh, she's she's told you two Yeah, I really mm-hmm. wish there was something more to that. I wish it was deeper, especially because there's two souls. Um, that's a part of this. We get the reference whole thing to the sister that's brought up, and I just I needed more. And so much of what I got wasn't even in action or thought. It was just narrative exposition. Yeah, it was. And I don't, I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but literally all of the key takeaways from this chapters are just uh, exposition. I feel feel like that's only way, that's only Gage's way of explaining to the readers that this is how what's been happening, the rule. Again, the whole over explanation kind of thing, but yeah. And Uh, it's like, okay, cool. And the other thing about this is that now that we've had a soul slicing weapon get introduced, now you can kill Sukuna within Yuji without killing Yuji. If she can see both of their souls. It was a replica, right? Though it wasn't the original sword. It still has it the same the abilities. Is. It's interesting now. Like thrown in the replica, meaning like so these cursed weapons can literally be remade and everything like that, just so that someone else could be using tricks, but only like extremely rare weapons can which kind of makes sense technically you could use this blade to break out gojo couldn't you if it's to like cut the soul i don't know maybe okay maybe it doesn't work Charlie. real life you know what thank you for reminding me that at least it's not a at least he's not not to uh that's not exactly the highest bar but i'll take it i'll take it i think i don't i don't get the i don't even get the comment you guys i'm gonna read this out loud just for myself, you guys praise the series when the series broke its power system season one. They introduced a power system which is already grade one. What was the point of the grade system? Oh, I didn't like that either. Yeah, I was about uh, to say I, mean, I don't I don't know I've if you, never liked I'm, that either. I don't know if that's if that's a consensus that people like that, but I, I don't like it. That's I didn't my, like my, that. That was one they of my biggest. They, they had no balance. They had literally there no way is, to read. There still is double. no balance. There technically, is like none. T- technically, uh, Utah is special class grade and like. And like even Sukuna hated this. Literally, it was like a third world, uh, fourth world breaking. And one, uh, one of my Tsukuna... biggest irritations with the grade system is that objectively, Toto was like a grade one sorcerer paired with Yuji, and they were given the business to a special grade. Like, what was the point of giving us grades four through one, and then we only spend time fighting special grades from like chapter fifty on? Yeah, no, I the I think I think it was an interesting idea, and I think it was kind of to play into the whole school aspect. But we got nothing from it, like you said. We immediately mm-hmm. just didn't care about the system. It felt like the only pr- I'm gonna be real with you. I feel like the only purpose of the system was to was to disrespect Maki. Mm-hmm. I I don't know yeah. what else the system existed for. It just put a certain perspective with Maki that also has to kind of play into the buildup of everything that ends up happening with her story. I don't really, because it's not like special grades have some classes in themselves. It's just special grades. Mm-hmm. Everyone's another thing that special grades. 
There's that, no hierarchy in there. That cursed sorcerer that ate grace. one of Sukuna's fingers was declared as a special grade. And Sukuna was complaining, like, you know that you're declaring us both as special grade sorcerers? Like, I think that was just really stupid. I was like, I know I'm way beyond you. I'm more powerful than you are and stuff like that. And like, you are, it's just that they have no way to read this, no way how to scale this and all that shit like that. It's like, but you, you know what that is, right? That's that. Uh, and I don't say this as criticism to Bleach. I'm saying that this is the inspiration of Bleach's system for dealing with the, the, uh, um, the, so here's the thing about that though. And I know it won't be popular to say it, but Bleach did it better. I, you was going where I was going with it. That's why I said this ain't criticizing Bleach now. Don't get what I'm saying yeah. wrong. This ain't criticizing Bleach, but this is a certain level of inspiration inspired a certain direction and it wasn't elevated. And we praise JJK a lot for elevating things from the old generation into their current layout. And this is this has been the biggest miss that we've seen thus far. This has been the biggest miss. It's the power system. The power system is well explained, but at this point, it's like a lot of the rules that exist. It Gege very much writes by the rules are made to be broken anyway. So it's like we get a lot of rules, but those rules don't truly matter. And I guess you could say that he had Mahito and Kenjaku to have that um the what did he say oh because i guess we we have different curse techniques so we existed within different worlds so it's whatever and it's like uh, oh okay i guess so and in addition to that like ichigo beat every person he fought with the power up and him making new species not really accurate and if i'm going to be honest itadori is heavily inspired by ichigo from the standpoint of he is he has the same structural origin as ichigo especially for people who have actually read the thousand year blood war let me break this down for you real quick just if we want to be nice do we want to say curses count as hollows just to be easy about it yeah sure I don't know so why i couldn't remember hollows earlier I just so i remember it <laughs> if curses are hollows then you have you know ichigo being able to tap into hollow power via white white is a demon within trope white was passed to ichigo via his mother uh who more or less was attacked by white specifically because of aizen aizen is the kenjaku of this yeah, kenjaku is aizen aizen is kenjaku everyone look at that so aizen facilitates sukuna landing inside of itadori aizen facilitates white landing inside of Masu, uh ichigo's mom and then get it get a pass to him through her so then he's got the demon within just like sukuna Pass that on, like with the fact that she was a Quincy, and then he gets the Quincy DNA from her, which allowed him to absorb the full scope. And then, like, his dad was a Soul Reaper, blah, blah, blah. But the thing is, is that Itadori blatantly has a body that is similar to or comparable to heavenly restricted bodies. It is mm -hmm. one of the first things we learn about him. Uh, Yuji is built very similar to Toji, just like Ichigo. And if we want to go with the heavenly restriction, for all intents and purposes, people with heavenly restriction might as well be the Quincy's. Notice there's way less of them. They're practically extinct. So for all intents and purposes, Maki is a Quincy. So Itadori is part Quincy. He's got the hollow in him from Sukuna. So there you go. got that covered. Since he's learned how to do uh, manipulate curse energy, he's got the, the, the soul reaper stance because he's the one that's going around killing the hollows or curses of the world. Mm -hmm. He's already all three. He's mm -hmm. been all three from like chapter three. Technically like chapter one 
So in his rage mode is Sukuna, but at least Sukuna is literally yep. his own personality kind of thing. Which well, that's part of why Basto Lordis Ichigo, as people like to call it, damaged Uryu. It was white, and people people forget that that white white is <laughs> white had its white own personality is its own entity, just like the Shikai's the swords are their own entity and personality so it's really it's really the same thing like it's really really like also, very much so the same thing you're right ichigo's physical form was better balanced than uh itadori's was but yeah it's the it's it is the ichigo formula to make itadori mm-hmm. and it, that became clear to me the second we got that oh he was his mom it just he just took it a step further and instead of it being like a person who basically pushed these two together and did an experiment. It was like, I'm going to get nutted in to make a baby so that I can mm-hmm. do this. I mean, y'all see what cursed seeds and cursed wombs, they already kind of laid out a foundation for explaining that ahead of time. So, mm-hmm. it, it, And it's not, again, it's, it's. I don't, I don't want to, Um, I feel like we're sandbagging away from the, the chapter a bit. So I, I just want to say, like, I think that it's important to understand that every story has the ability to tell its own story. Yeah. I still believe Yege has the ability to tell a very unique story that is very unique to the vision that they have laid out. I really think that Gege already fully knows where, how, and what timing he wants to end the story in. And I think that is the both the um the the it's a double-edged blade. Mm-hmm. It's it's mm-hmm. both his greatest offense and it's both his greatest inflicted damage, is that he already knows very very i think a lot more finitely finitely than we realize where he wants the series to go and i think that that ends up being an issue that's it sometimes it's a great asset sometimes it catches us off guard there was times where we really we there were times where we really were getting caught off guard with decisions in jjk that's not been the case for a while and we always say like, oh yeah, it feels like it's really good after we come back from a break. And it is, it, he takes a break, he resets, he does whatever. But then as that carries on for a little bit, we end up exactly where we are right now. I actually want to bring up uh, when Gege was explaining narrative, but, but now you must use an actual structure as the barriers exterior, like Fushiguro did for Tokyo Kong number one. Meaning like, this is Nalia's way of trying to make the entire circle or the space area of what he was supposed to, but the difference was not uh, Megumi's was an incomplete domain expansion. Well, so wouldn't that mean Megumi's incomplete domain would have allowed Maki in? So mm-hmm. Megumi's domain is different than the way that... So Megumi does not create a space. He layers his over it. So Megumi mm-hmm. is making a domain that functions similarly to Sukuna's. Mm-hmm. where you can walk out of it at any point but are you going to actually be able to walk out of it is the real question because mm-hmm. if you remember reggie tries to counter megumi's domain with the hollow wicker basket and he's like wait those things actually existed before they attacked me and then he starts getting smacked around smacked by megumi clones <laughs> and stuff because smacked. it was like nah bruh i wasn't just this isn't a sure hit domain. This is a technique enhancement domain. Mm-hmm. So, my so his domain would still work on Maki. What that I, was designed I, to I, do was to one let us know just how real 
and important Sakuna's domain is because it counters it basically counters all domains. You can try to drop a domain on him, but if you if all he has to do is just drop it on the world itself, and Megumi's going down a similar path, so it kind of shows you why Sakuna was so interested in interested him. in him. Yep. Mm-hmm. The Toji influence in the in the chat children, like his existence lives on. Honestly, his influence and everything lives on. So you won't have to world trigger me on Twitter because I'll I'll go on a rampage talking about world trigger. <laughs> yeah, but I I get I get I get the reference I get the reference and I get why you even brought that up just now. But like at the end of the day, I'm gonna go back and say like I just said, JJK is telling a good story. I enjoy the story. I just, I think we're just very much so aware of what's happening right now. I always um, say, I've always said JJK is like the meat, like the the big meathead series in Jump. And I know mm-hmm. a lot of people get mad when you say that. It is, but it really is. It, it, it is. absolutely is. But at least much, has... much, much like Chainsaw Man is about to be. Y'all I mean, ain't want to hear that either. It, does, but... it still has structure and it's a pretty good story to it, and it looks really nice. Like, why yeah. is it something? It's, it's... 100% showing. Like, that's but the reason why at it's the end here. of the day, Maki got all these buffs and experiences over the course of like two to three days. And that's kind of insane. Like, yeah. I mean, we it. see people level up in fights. So yeah. it's crazy because of what it is and because we can tie it to other things. Mm-hmm. But just because they weren't the person that did it first doesn't mean that they can't still do it well yeah. and in a unique way. And I think. For the most part, most of the things, I, I'm going to say nine of the 10 things, is very unique to JJK. Whether you see influence from another series or not, it's very unique to JJK. And I appreciate that. So moving on, technically after this, we're going back to Yuji, right? Because I'm pretty sure that's everybody. Um, We might get some Miwa or something like oh, that. Right. But hey, Miwa. we don't know if Noboru is really, really dead. Nah, she just needs her special appearance thing. Look, Nobara is one of those things where if she comes back, cool. If she doesn't, also cool. <laughs> I just wish you had gotten to the point sooner with it, Gege, instead of hanging everybody saying, there's a possibility she's still alive. Like, I don't care anymore. Yeah. Like, I, I just want to, I just want the plot line to actually be wrapped up. Especially because, I like, the only reason I'll say I don't want her to have died is because if you go back and you look at Nobara's entire run through the story, there is no fight that she won by herself. There is. She could have. She could have. With the painting, she almost the, did. The, 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 the painting, uh, pe- the blood painting people. Nope. She, she finished the job. Yuji did most of the damage. She could have won that. She could, I think, if she was very ballsy, separate, though. if she have, if they have fought separate fights, I think that she could have won that. However, they were both, in my opinion, Yuji and Nobara were at an advantage type wise in that fight. So I don't know if that's necessarily even about a matter of like scaling. I think that they were perfect counters to it running in, like, again, convenience. Like they just conveniently fought those two. And they conveniently had abilities that were oh, yeah, very much so the antithesis of what their strengths were. Because if it is just pain, Yuji Itadori will not stop. One of the hardest lines in the series, but also directly being immune to one of the most important aspects of your opponent's ability, pretty convenient. 
So I'm gonna wanna answer Real Life's question when he said like but she she's not she wasn't that irrelevant from day one because remember she actually played a pretty important role when he, when we were fighting Mahito. Literally, when Mahito literally separates himself so many times in his soul and everything, literally, uh, uh, Naboro's like curse spirit, no, not um, curse ability was literally to hold string doll and ha- at least have a piece of your curse technique or your curse anything residue, and she can aim it directly at your heart. It's it's a y'all, pretty deadly ability. I think y'all are sleeping on how strong she is. She's um, pretty, she's OP. She's one of five characters in this series that can that have used Black Flash. Let's yeah, just stop no, right there. Like, she has I don't know what I don't know what else you like. We just we don't get enough of her screen time for you to understand that. She had potential. She just never got to deliver on it. Exactly. And I'll, that's I'll even, why I'm like, eh. I'll even say like with Chainsaw Man with Makima. Remember when like Makima just like sacrifices her own soldiers just to so that she could kill. Mm-hmm. certain devil that's on the field it, it's literally can be just like that all you need all she need is a part of the body or some kind of residue of that other person's curse technique and then boom uh, string um uh straw doll boom 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 literally she could do instant kills in any direction because there's no range her ability has no range mm-hmm. i actually think no more is broke uh, ability is, is more broken than we realize honestly i think it had a lot, it has a lot of potential I think it's interesting that she was like, blood isn't that strong of a connector, though, because it's way harder to get than, you know, like a piece of hair. Mm-hmm. But I think they wanted to separate the differentiation because we already had um, a clan that's powers were rooted in in blood. I think that's what that was about, personally. But yeah, I figure we'll see Nabarro back because we need her specific powers for this reason, for this set enemies or something like that, so... Uh, any last thoughts for JJK? Let's get back to Megumi for real sorcery. But nah, it, I'm, 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 I'm looking forward to it. I, I'm hoping we get to more stuff that we can enjoy, but otherwise, yeah, I'm pretty good. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good on it. All right, cool. We could go into Undead Unluck. There's a lot we could say about that now, too. Undead Unluck. Let me pull the chapters up just because Undead Unluck made me happy this week. Very happy. They also made happy last week, honestly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, we're literally seeing the power of God and literally the whole this is an entire and I don't know how you guys feel about this. Literally, you have both gods saying, Yeah, we're just playing a game in this kind of universe, which Yeah. Like Luna confirming I'm not actually better than God. I just the like the sun god, I just I'm just the one that happens to be on your side, kind of. Right, it's not even on your side. You're the team that I just happen to be betting on. Yeah, I, I drafted you. Uh, <laughs> like, Yeah, I'm not nationwide. I'm not really on your side, but I chose you to go against him. So. Also, it's kind of crazy to think that, like, instead of Luna being like, let me just give them abilities that are raw, it's like, I'm going to give you all specific negations and like super strict qualified and i'm like what i I get it i get it i get it because it's supposed to it's supposed to it's supposed to be i think it was because they wanted to emphasize that it it can affect sun 
mm-hmm. like at the end of the day, it can affect Sun. But obviously, what we saw was the sheer immenseness of what the entity Sun is. It doesn't matter if you can hit it. <laughs> it doesn't matter if yeah. you can stop it. it. Doesn't matter if you can use anything on it. Like it, it doesn't. Him moving is literally like rocking the earth, like even just one step onto and everything. Well, that was what was crazy too. Is that I'm trying to figure out like what did Sun even do to attack Chikara? They did like, not. They did not even think? try to circle back around. A, a light beam, I guess. A, a Uma spawned and used something. I, we don't know. He got shot with some massive piece of tree. Like it, we literally, it's it literally just looks like a light flash passes by. Yeah, he has. Oh, I think he had something behind his neck, so that he avoids the unmovability from Jakara and just have it shot backwards. Oh no, or shoot the other way around. Yeah, literally I'm around the world. Shoot the other way around, but that's I, I, I don't know. Again, Sun can produce Umas, so I don't really think it matters. Man if I'm being quite honest, like. Sun can just create something else. Like even if you just throw Sun in its place, like that was the immediate thing that I had. I was like, we can just spawn something that can free him. Yeah. The same thing. It was like, oh yeah, we stuck him to the earth. And I, I knew, I knew that was gonna happen. It's like he's just gonna step out of that eventually. But I thought it was good. I I thought the writing was really good across these two chapters. I thought that the emotional and the and the actual delivery. I thought the callbacks and bringing back people in. I think everything about these chapters was really solid. I think the only difference we never really seen a difference is God literally pulling out even more Uma as an army to use them to fight to kill more time or something like mm-hmm. that. But we did we did get what I feared, guys. Y'all saw the timers. Yep. Y'all saw the timers. It's moving faster than I thought, though. Yeah, that, it that's moves faster that's than nice. I thought. <laughs> it, it, we already got like it was like it's gonna take eleven minutes. We're already at eight minutes twenty five seconds. So a chapter every now two, y'all, minutes, y'all good... know y'all know y'all know I know we got to worry the, about the, the five the minute last, mark. Yeah, boss said the last five minutes of the last minute is gonna be a whole different shebang, but or it might not. I'm I'm very. <sighs> this series always somehow finds a way to surprise me, and I'm really? I'm I'm interested in seeing how either traditional this op fight happens because they're about to get massacred. I don't. And, I don't know if I don't know if, if y'all understand that. Like their purpose oh, no. is to lose here, mm-hmm. not y'all present. I, I know yeah. y'all understand. I, I met people who will come back and watch this. Other readers. I don't know if y'all realize. Like they're supposed to lose, <laughs> and they're gonna lose badly. And the point here is for for everyone to understand the the ramifications of what this is. The only thing I need to be confirmed next chapter is Andy is still visibly watching the things that happen because he he's he, he's like all right well I've expanded my resources I tap out and Victor just poof. <laughs> I mean it's true though like at least we know like oh Andy make that last final uh con- contact with uh with unluck just so that let's see whatever how much of unluck I have put it on God mm-hmm. maybe you'll have some. Help kill the clock, but didn't kill more than a minute. All the unluck really did was to help trap God for however much time that it could, and yeah, well, that's basically it, wasn't it? And that's yeah, like that's the thing too is that it's like we we don't know if the unluck was what allowed it to guaranteed hit him because you know it was hitting Andy, or if like Andy swapping is going to keep the unluck focused somewhere else for a bit, 
until he swaps back in for a little while or something like that. It's kind of nice that under crease and like the under just straight up is in there automatically, like already like teaming up with them, not wasting any time. But I think they, man, all, they all knew they I mean, all had to know. Like, at this point, the goals, the goals converge. Like we always knew that there was a point where the goals could converge. And at this point, the goals converge. I think what's mm-hmm. what's what I liked is still to be seen, but what I liked is we didn't get there were a couple. Because that's what I thought was coming was that Sun and Moon were a couple, and it was like mm-hmm. some type of petty beef. I'm glad that's not the narrative that we. They're got. not a couple, no, but it no. is petty. But it no, is but we're, petty. We're just gambling against each it other and petty. shit. Like, like, uh, and then we find and, out and again, that Luna is the one that creates the artifacts. To be seen. To be seen. And I think I think there were some hints that that might be the case, but I'm glad that they didn't outright just say it. Still petty. Yeah. Absolutely, very petty. petty. Absolutely petty. Um, I think I think um I would like to see Juiz do something more than bark orders <laughs> um in this fight. Uh and we're gonna see her die. I just yeah, I'm I'm I was about to say I'm actually interested in seeing how the deaths are we gonna get the deaths on screen? Like what do you Chicago's not dead yet? If we're if we're here still, if we're still here like in this time and counting down, like I feel like seeing certain things for Fuku is very important. I think she has to carry certain burdens with her. And I'm just wondering like what that is. And then is she going to be in a state of shock and disarray when she's finally reincarnated, holding all of these like, like years of memories and like, you know what I mean? Like what really ends up happening, I guess, is my question in, in all of this. I still think Chikara might have a play. Literally, he'll just die of blood loss, but he's still just staring at God just until that last second of him being Honestly. able to move things with how fast it seems like he got injured and it did its damage he might not even be able to die of blood loss because it looks like that stuff would have been carterized right away yeah i don't know i also he's growing and he's leveled up and trained and stuff but there's a certain level of focus that he needs for his ability more so than a lot of other um negators i, I if he's in in excruciating pain i i just don't foresee him He's still a kid. You know what I mean? He's, he's it's more like, if I'm going to die, I might as well, like, you know, run the clock, do what we're supposed to do. I know I'm <laughs> going to be father, but, you know. It was, least... it was funny to be like, no, no, you didn't just get one shot. You, you did your job. You, you, fulfilled, you, you did good. You, you did real good. <laughs> I, I mean, you need, you need people like that to like, at least help, like, support. It's a team effort. It's not just the one person thing. Yeah. I'm, I'm also... I'm, how much chapters y'all think then? We got roughly eight and a half minutes. How much more chapters y'all think? If you I could think put this a guess be, on it. You know, somebody, obvious, I think it was obvious, he said this could be done in like four or five chapters. And I actually kind of agree with that. I mm-hmm. can see that too. Like, we're not going to, we don't need, this is the final fight. We don't really need the official fight where God dies kind of thing, which might be like a whole throw off because you don't get that final fight just like with um, Ayashiman. But we mm. we never had the main character fight the final guy. We just have that confrontation front. But at least in this situation, this is the last fight. This is the fight that we do lose. It's supposed to be that the next rotation of things changing is what's going to give us the fight to the end. But do we need it? Well, we know that there's supposed to be a final loop. And the only way we don't get there is if Fuko gets up. So I will say the fact that we're getting the counter, the only way... And I think, I think we almost have to do the loop. 
So these people, everybody has to lose. But I think this is specifically to close out Juiz and Victor's arc. And then we'll have the reforming of the union in the next cycle. And we know that Andy and Fuka will be starting that together and being able to recruit people. They're going to be starting in like the 1800s. So there's a chance to actually be able to find people that they need right away. And just the two of them, honestly, like with the levels that uh, the way I look at it is unlike previous times, Andy is going to be sitting here training. That's kind of how I look at it. Because before he was probably like dying, losing memory, dying, losing memory, dying, losing memory, or like dying, you know. Um, because I think he was only able to really process like a hundred memory years worth of memory at a time or something like that. And anytime the card was out of his head, Victor was active. This is like the first time the card is in his head and Victor is like swapping. So they've gotten a lot more comfortable swapping between the two. So if we spend, you know, four billion years with Andy training, he's gonna be at Victor's level anyway, probably above it. And that'll allow him to actually do something and like combat and be ready for the final time and you know so i think it'll be we're gonna loop and we're gonna see andy and fuko kind of build that team up like they had in that flashback art grab some of those western people you remember they had like similar designs to some of the people in the union anyway and those people will be a union and will travel through and like maybe luna's gonna help influence them or something like that or they'll have better access to artifacts but I think we can we don't need to spend more than like four or five more chapters, maybe maybe like six to seven, depending on how the undead and like volumes are panning out um, over in Japan, right. and because which I'm gonna look up now just to. I I will say this right. Again, undead unlock has the ability to be very um, unconventional with things, and I could see Fuku getting off that chair. I absolutely can see it. I, I think I think we should go through the loop, but I also can see Fuku just being like, no, there has to be some other way, possibly even thinking of the other way and getting up off the chair. Possibly. So, but I so think I think that's it really depends not how what happens when a, it depends on what happens when a god wins the game, though. Yeah, we don't know the stakes. Because if there if okay, you won the game, but what happens to Earth? You're technically too close to the sun, technically a lot of people have died. People that sacrificed themselves in order to try to go into the next loop died for no reason at this very point, as well as resources and everybody's kind of like gone and dead. Does that mean their death was all in vain? We don't get a whole repeat. We don't get they don't get a second chance. Nobody's saying saving their own like partners and lovers and like that. But that's kind of sad though. That that might get bringing some anger in the more. And, you know, I'm looking at it now, and I think four or five chapters is kind of the sweet spot, unless, which, let me just double check this real quick, because 128, Doing see, which chapter max. we get now? 128, yep, 128. So I, I was looking at the Tonkoban chapter count, and it seems like it's typical to do about nine. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. assuming that volume 14, because like volume 14 is supposed to end on like number 124, with this chapter it's four chapters into that nine of the volume so we could easily get four and a half more chapters dedicated to the fight and then the back half of this night like that fifth chapter is going to be getting fuko through the loop finishing off a volume with her you know like in the 1800s 
and then we may get like one or two more volumes because we don't necessarily need to watch her struggle through regathering the team because we know that that's the goal yeah at least i don't personally i don't need to see that because i know that like undead that could be that could be a fun little over that could be a fun little side something later on after the series is done just some like Mm -hmm. adventures with with fuku andy like they've done they did epic logs before like they either put it onto like jump plus or something like that too Mm -hmm. or I think it'd be funny to, I think it'd be fun to just periodically, you know how we periodically still get like Promised Neverland, like random shots. Like I would, I would like to have just like random bits of story of things that happen in between the gap. Those Um, works. The only thing that didn't work was the Death Note one, but yeah, I mean, yeah, Yeah. I like the story. I like, like the, I, I like the new Death Note. Just the one was, shot? You talking about the one shot? You talking about the that sub, one shot. supplemental? I like the one shot. I like the one shot. No, no, no. Like the sequel, sequel. Oh, you, that's shot. what I... Oh, okay, you meant the the end. The, the Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that, that one, no, no. Yeah, no. Um. Yeah, so we're... we're I, I think we're still... So, so do you guys... So I have two things. One, are we thinking more like a Naruto Shippuden XXX whatever re... Is it I mean, like a... Is it like a finishing is it going to be more like a fairy tale um hundred year quest, hundred year yeah. quest um you know I, i'm just looking at blood war like what do we what do you guys think is it just like oh some dynamic final arc or is it like a literal next set of storytelling to be had I, i'm looking at two to three volumes of just building the union um uh, them kind of completing quests us getting it like maybe fuko having a higher understanding of her power because you know like maybe her having like a pistol that allows her to transfer affection and in the process, that affection lands and gives you unluck if she hits you with it. So it doesn't need to have like lethal rounds in it. Just because I think that that was like the revolver was kind of like her go to for a lot of the early series. So I think like bringing that back in and like having her get like a fully active, you know, ability so that she's not just waiting. Those, yeah, like, yeah, like unluck bullets being able to utilize it because so I don't want how... her just getting that with Andy, you know, like, I think she's earned. Hear me out, though. Given Foucault's disposition, how are they even actually getting points in this new world? They said every time you kill an Uma, you get a point. I know. So given Foucault's disposition... And and accomplishing the missions. ...timeline... I I, I look at it as, like, you remember when they went to Shonen Jump? Mm Mm-hmm. And she just pulled that pistol out on the clerk. I look at it as like Fuko was is very resentful towards God, and you know she was able to like sympathize. Now, now we know there's yeah, more than yeah. this. I, I, yeah, I mean, like all we right. know right now is just Sun and Luna. And I'm wondering, like, does does God just does the gods in this entire universe just playing games with each other, making these bets, making these kind of rotations and bullshit. Because now I'm seeing, now Luna can actually be the final, final boss at this point. Like, you're part oh, of this yeah. game. Yeah, yeah you are like, on our side, but you you participate in this. And, and so, yeah, time could be another god. I wouldn't be surprised, honestly. Um, oh, but I think get, that... We got sun, moon, and space. That's how that works, right? That's the I, I think Fuko got that dog in her. And I think she's tried to be nice and empathize because she has to, you know, That's get along with ability. people to make it work. But I don't know. I think she could, like, if she figures out how to, like, infuse it with bullets specifically or, like, inanimate objects, it becomes a whole different game because then it becomes, if I touch you with this, you can, I can transfer the unlock from this object to you. Mm-hmm. 
it's and almost like kind Andy's of kind of ability. It's like mm-hmm. he just cuts off the fingers, bullets, uh, spine, whatever, the blood, like bad luck. I could see a lot of it. I do yeah. wish I got. I wish I got a Dragonaut for a present from Nico to Miko with love. It was a uh, the Union's dreadnought super weapon was mm-hmm. literally what Nico made for his wife, mm-hmm. and then we just let uncharge, undecrease. Yeah, it was funny to be like, oh man, we made it unbreakable with limitless energy, but uh, it overheated. <laughs> I mean, that's always an issue. We didn't, that's... We didn't, we didn't think about that part. <laughs> uh, yeah, Remind no. me, like, undecreases unlimited bullets, right? Or unlimited shots or something like yeah, that? Yeah, basically, he, a, he can make a... his ammo unlimited. Yeah, there was, there, was, there was no ceasing to the energy. He just couldn't handle that constant output of the energy, essentially. But I... I... I really don't have too much to say. Like, it's so weird sometimes. I feel like when chapters are really solid and good like this, I have even less to say. Like, I'm just pleased. I'm just genuinely pleased and really excited to see what's coming next for this series. I really I would like to know kind of like, and obviously we're not going to know till we get there. I just want to know I what the direction forgot, is. I actually forgot to answer your question. I, technically, it could just finish it without doing the whole Shippuden with a hundred oh, year yeah, quest. Because yeah, yeah. it did its job. It got the anime confirmation. After the anime's out, the book sales is going to increase even more. So just wrap it up, like 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 Aniki said. Maybe maybe two or three more volumes. Just just don't 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 do the seven deadly sins, please. That's all I beg. Just, I mean, just don't, just nobody don't do can seven do the seven. I mean, like we already know, like if you prolong this even oh. more, just to get more of the book sales and just have the anime to keep on going out even more for the sales. Remember, they did that to Demon Slayer too. Like it technically was supposed to end it a lot sooner, but was pushed. To a lot to bring out more chapters and more volume books. I mean, they situation should know their okay, mistakes, so right? Things. First off, they don't care because they make money. Yeah, that's true. Second off, that was a horrible thing that was done to Jericho. Third off, Dead Man Wonderland was a great read. Yes, it is. Fantastic read. I, I, I read the whole series back in the day. Don't worry, I already read I, that one. I read it when it first released. A release. Waited for her to give birth and everything like that. I finished that series. Wait for that. You were saying uh, sorry. <laughs> you were saying. I don't. I just wanted to address those, just because, like, I was like, okay, the chat's building up a little bit. But yeah, I think I think we I think we're all good on you, you. Which means all we got left is One Piece, right? Yeah, I was just gonna say Vic Victor's takes the stage. Eight minutes twenty seconds only. So technically, only like two minutes and forty seconds just went by, and now Vic, and then you have to pull out the Victor card. Well, I mean, as well like as I said, using the, the secret weapon of Victor and Juiz's art together, because we got they need to finish out on a strong note, and I'll be interested to see if Unjustice will properly function on God, because to a certain degree, this is his vision of justice, right? Like mm-hmm. the way Luna explained their game he feels at least at the very least justified in his behaviors so from that perspective it should work but it you know i, I can't promise that it will and that's what makes it kind of interesting it's also adding the the sword and the eggiest shield mm-hmm. and the third and the third secret what treasure was the pod right to do the rotation loop so that's all three something like that yeah but yeah i, I enjoyed the last two chapters i'm ready for either they want to finish in four chapters or anything but yeah Let's go into One Piece. Kenny, we got to talk about this cover story. Specifically because I'm seeing people be like, Katakuri took a major L. And we need to be honest about this. 
Caesar clown. You mean you don't you know mean that they there? couldn't handle Katakuri, so they had no choice but to run away? Yeah, he took a major L. Okay. But like we need to talk about Caesar Clown and how if you don't know Caesar Clown is there, he can one-shot you. He can do a lot of damage because, and it's directly stated, he pumped in a hallucinogenic gas and then he helped them get it out. Mm-hmm. So he like has, he has one of the they, few devil fruits that can internally affect you. The only yeah. thing, the only thing that and which has been re-emphasized was that it's as OP is basically Boa's um devil power. They no, have they, abilities that can literally they're they're internal, they're deeper than your physical or nature or anything worldly like that. It's not a it's not a, a, a element or anything like that. It's literally like he's going inside of you and affecting your nervous system. He, you know what I mean? He removed the oxygen from the area to beat Luffy before. Mm-hmm. Which is like nobody can breathe. Everybody loses. Bye. Only, the, only, the only person beating Caesar on a good day is, is Avatar. I ain't got better go call that boy up from a different like, series. because. <laughs> um... if, if you don't know Caesar's <clears throat> there, he is going to do something to you with gas. They didn't know he was there. And it, it, it's already been shown, you know, like when, uh, what's her name? What's the name of the really, 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 really annoying girl from the Charlotte family? The one who was like, I'll be Big Brother's favorite. Oh, uh, Brule. Yeah. No, no, no. Brule was the one with the mirrors. Yeah, Brule is the one with the mirrors. It was the the girl who shot Luffy with a blow dart. Oh, I don't even... Oh, that's way back. That's like, wasn't that like, wasn't that like Cracker? She had like an egg body. No. Cracker was the uh, sweet general. The brother. Man, I gotta look this up just because I can't remember her name. But basically... Flampe. I think it was... Yeah, I think it was The bubble gut girl. Yeah, because I'm I'm like double-checking the wiki right now just because I'm not going to try to figure out which chapter that happened in. Yep, Flampe. So, Uh if you remember back, Katakuri was able to use Future Sight, but he didn't see her shooting the the dart at Luffy. And it's it's similar to that where if he wasn't fo- like his hockey wasn't focused on observing Caesar Clown. It was focused on observing the future of the Vin Smokes and stuff like that. And then once he's under the hallucinated hallucinogenic glass, we already know you can't use observation hockey if you're not of clear mind. Observation hockey actually has like the str- uh, the higher restrictions on it than armament hockey. Like people can rage out and do whatever, and they'll get to use their armament, no problem. You use your COC if you get too mad, but you can't use your observation if you lose control. And that's why we only saw Kaido, like when Kaido used Future Sight, it was specifically under a circumstance we had been hit, and he was like, "Hey, I'm gonna need you to stop that." Hmm. What if I copy you? And then he did the future site. Like he actually, we saw him putting thought into his strategy, which showed you he was being level-headed, even if it came off as very comedic. So all of a sudden he's got the, like he's got a gas coming that makes him see stuff the wrong way and boom, done. So I I would also like to say in regards to this cover page, isn't it very, very interesting that we're wrapping up the things with Gurma and Caesar and we get the reveal that we ended up getting Mm -hmm. in this chapter. No, that Mad's reunion theory 
was about to say, and I had a feeling that's where we was going with this. Not necessarily for the full Mass reunion, but I had a feeling that the direction of which island or which where Luffy's crew was going to be placed next was heavily because that happens a lot. If you guys have been reading One Piece, the cover stories seem like they're disconnected at times, but they're usually tools for guiding the story. And that's why I don't know why people don't read them or pay attention to them. But they're, they're, why you may not get the full story, there's always some significant tie back to what's going on. So I, 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 do you think, do you think we're done with them? Or you think they're fully out the window now? Cause you know, he likes to like, just jump to like the next set of stories that he's putting on the cover pages. You think we're done with Germa right now? And it's time to like, start talking about something else. What, what do you think is actually going on there? Mm-hmm. Like my, my stance on it is we are building towards that. And I mean, do you want to just hop to the end of it? Because like normally we we try to go through the one piece chapter. Nah, order, we gotta we like, gotta do it backwards for this one. We do gotta we kind of do gotta do it backwards. We kind of do gotta do because it backwards. Like, remember the technology that German developed, right? Mm-hmm. Cloning. So first off, there's something that I'm a little curious about. Which I saw somebody post an image of Eustace Kid holding. Um, a little robot that looks kind of similar to the design that we see here. Mm-hmm. What's more, we also have like the punk on her clothing, but I don't think of this like because we have this emphasis on Germa and we know that you know he was working with them. Realistically, Vegapunk has the peak technology that the Germa has too, and the peak of Germa technology is cloning. And so apparently in the Japanese, the Vegapunk we see speaks and uses like the pronouns of an old man. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yep. And so you see that Punk O2, this could be a clone body that happens to be female. Yep. I also am not opposed to this being like a granddaughter of Vegapunk or the daughter of Vegapunk, just because with Vegapunk being as old as he is or as around and as prevalent as he is, the idea of him having you know, access to or a descendant or whatever like that does not surprise me in the least. Would it be a clone? Would it just be a body and just this mind and never memory going into this? Yeah, like if he's infused memories into this clone body, even if it's just a replica of himself that has its own memories and is also working I mean, with, with the, the technology with Germa and everything, probably it's like more enhanced. And so, so now well. remember, remember there was experiments being done on kids. Mm-hmm. I do want to remind y'all that. And we we did get a confirmation that he is trying to basically androidify living things. Yep. And we know what the current updated status of the pacifistas are. So he literally could be going, they, we'll say they, yeah. could be going between bodies. And this is just one of his drone bodies that he uses. Or like you said, it could be a descendant. It could be, it could be a number of things. And it could be, it could be that this isn't even like both Vega Punks could exist. Like the yeah. Vega Punk that we have heard in reference, and this Vega Punk could actually still be two separate related people. And that's so we literally don't, we literally know nothing. We know nothing right now. And this is the thing where I, I constantly, week after week, I have to tell you, one piece fans. <laughs> this is why I hate y'all. Can y'all please let us get more information before you go on a, a 20 mile deep in the ocean 
theory rant. Like, we don't know anything. All we know is they said this person is Vegapunk. They announced themselves as Vegapunk. Shoot, we had a whole character announce themselves as being Odin. Guys, (laughs) if they let this point is what is Vegapunk? Let the ship land, please. (laughs) Please let the plane land safely before you start grabbing your suitcases from the overhead. (laughs) Please, I beg of you. And what I will say is that I've seen some people be like, oh, this is Vegapunk might be like Dr. Hedo from Dragon Ball Superhero. I'm a little less likely to support that theory only because Vegapunk was like, the shark was supposed to recon, report, and bombard. The only thing he had a problem, or she or they have a problem with, is the fact that the shark tried to eat them. That's a whole other situation then. Like, oh, I can't stop sharks from trying to eat people. With Frankie having access to Vegapunk's blueprints and Frankie being a cyborg, there's a chance that that's, this is going to be their way into... because. What I'm hoping is, and kind of expecting, if I'm being honest, but I don't mind this trope, it's, it's whatever, is that because, well, I don't expect the Vegapunks to necessarily be a fully well-meaning scientist that happens to take out pirates and stuff like that. I do think that it's the knowledge that Vegapunk is after, the science that Vegapunk is after. So meeting somebody like Frankie, even if you could argue that you know Frankie, he's the the Vegapunk tech is of beyond Frankie. Frankie did train and do research on Vegapunk's island, so the fact that Frankie was able to modify himself might be something of interest to Vegapunk. And the fact that we got the Punk Hazard kids brought back into the story lets me know that we're going to be getting an interaction with Sword, which I'll also say that this kind of solidifies that. Rear Admiral Diaz Drake was probably considered a vice admiral, and that's why he was entrusted with the Wano infiltration mission. So, I mean, small accolades for that. Woo! But Vegapunk, and I guess what I want to ask is where do you see? Because we already know, like, this is One Piece. At most, Vegapunk is going to take them to jail, and then Luffy and them are going to bust them out. So kind of like, where do you see this dynamic going? Do you think it's going to just be... Um, I don't think it's the Vegapunk that we've been taught about throughout yeah. the series thus far. That's my initial thought. My initial thought is it's it's not the Vegapunk that we are familiar with. And Oda, Oda has, has done some stories like this before, sub-stories of people mm-hmm. in the series. So I wouldn't be surprised. Also, given when Vegapunk existed, given that we know that this story and this franchise has a history of passing on generations for things, yep. I, wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised if Vegapunk is a line, a descendant of geniuses. You know yep. what I mean? I would not be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if the ability to descend the genius is also rooted in some other layer of science and experimentation things that are Actually, passed down through the Vegapunk what if it's also even a devil fruit? To back you up, Vanderdecken. We already had that established. Like, yeah, it was, he was Vanderdecken, what, the seventh, eighth? Mm-hmm. So, Vegapunk I, is a mindset. Like, right, <laughs> right. And I mean, I, again, it could be, it could be that you, I mean, like, you, you know, like, 
I am, I am Vegapunk. I, I take on some apprentice. They show promise. I give them the genetics. I give them the enhancements. And then they inherit the, the legacy of Vegapunk and all the knowledge and wisdom mm -hmm. is, is, is specifically implanted into their brain. Again, this could be an ability. It could be an ability to Orochimaru <laughs> your existence into another existence. And that's a whole devil fruit ability. And the devil fruit just never, that's the way that devil fruit changes cycles. Very different than any of the other devil fruits that we've ever seen. It could be oh. any number of things. It could just be so simple as this is indeed Vegapunk. The Vegapunk we've all heard of, and we're just about to get Vegapunk story. And the thing that we have thought about Vegapunk isn't exactly the way that we have thought about it. I'd be no, fine with it. I'd be fine. I just want. I just think we, we, as a community, need to stop jumping to conclusions. I do agree with the notion that it'll be a little odd if there's not some trick to this, only because even the people on the island with Frankie directly stated that Vegapunk was a guy. So that needs a little explanation. That's why I'm like, daughter, clone, robot that he's controlling, all cool. Because I also wouldn't be surprised if it turned out Vegapunk was like real old at this point or decently old and was basically not, I'm not going to say brain in the jar status, but you get what I'm saying. Like kind of just having a, <laughs> like chilling and controlling things remotely and like working on new bodies is his way of sticking around. Because at that point, that would also mean that, like, the pacifista stuff, because even if they, because, like, it's also worth noting that if this is the Vegapunk that made Kuma a pacifista and completed that work, this is the same Vegapunk that was willing to allow Kuma to protect the Straw Hat shit. So we got to, and, and I think that's a smooth thing to kind of forget, but Vegapunk was willing to give Kuma that last mission. So at minimum, saving the Straw Hats, even though they're like, I'm not saving you dirty pirates solid chance that we're going to get a, you know, a bit of all right, I want to talk to you because of the fact that Kuma had me save you. It's also, it also could just be a matter of the obsessive naive scientist, the obsessive mm -hmm. pursuit of science just for the sake of science where there's, think, think, think Senku. If you've read, if you've read Doctor Stone, there's some moments. If you watch Doctor Stone, there's some moments, and they call it out very plainly. It's like Senku, you you seeming a little bit like the villain right now because nope. the science doesn't care about whether it's good or bad. The science is just the science, and if that's the type of character Vegapunk is, and essentially they've just been being hidden away from the world, then they could be influenced by Luffy in some manner or form. Mm -hmm. um and and if it's somebody whose goal is to just hear me out and i know that yeah people are running out saying the joining the crew but if it, if their goal is to be the best scientist that the world has ever seen and do whatever is the best that does align with the ethos of the straw hat crew mm -hmm. so i'm not saying that i want that to be a thing or i'm pushing that to be a thing but also it's just like the convenience of the way things could play out is interesting however we know nothing. We didn't get anything but a name and a face reveal this chapter. And it's we like, don't, oh we don't boy. know anything. And my thing was, I was scared because I thought, I thought that they genius turn page writing. I thought that they were going to where Sabo was based off of the whole um, phenomenal effect that happened because mm -hmm. I was like, I. I, okay but then there was like survivor and then uh bonnie came in and i was like oh i forgot that you were even in the worst gen talking about 
you part of the worst gen with everybody. I, I forgot you existed. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it, it was it was um it's one of those things where be patient. And it's like I get I get getting excited. I get like look simp and woo over a alleged cute. I hope it's a young woman for all of you simps out there. Y'all ain't even wait to confirm my age or nothing, y'all nasties. Um, <laughs> like I I I really do want to see more. Just let us just y'all could have waited a chapter before y'all ran out the side with the level, like the level of theories. I turned off in there. I, I was doing something and I popped on Twitter. I think Thursday, mm-hmm. and I saw um, like I saw hashtag Vegapunk and and some other I forgot which one. Oh, I think it was on uh, my hero. I think it was like hashtag Deku and hashtag Vegapunk were trending, and I was like, yeah, I don't even want to know. <laughs> I literally was like, I, I don't even. I just uh, that's a one piece and a my hero reference. It's time to come mm-hmm. off from the internet for the night. Is what I got from that. But that's my point. That's my point, Alvis. Is that I I I and I've I've said this on here that I am an anti fan. Not anti fan of the series. I'm anti the the One Piece fan. I'm anti the fandom of One Piece. Like it, it's it's annoying. I won't even say it's toxic. It's just annoying. Well, it's because people. I think especially the uh, the ZKK era made this ten times worse. Because every week you had people being like, "Zoro's going back to the rooftop. He's going to be slaying Kaido," or you had. <laughs> ZKK is finally dead. You losers are losing. <laughs> and it was so it's like this constant tug of war that didn't have to go down the way it did for years. Years. That's what's crazy. I thought about watching the ZKK documentary, but I'm gonna need a lot of time for that since it's a two-hour video. So uh, yeah, I don't know how I feel about watching. <laughs> Uh, um, maybe maybe that's a lot that's i feel like it's gonna be a big uh investment i i man so so like okay so we jump to the end mm-hmm. what about just the interaction of everything one of my things about so i i you know what i be like in theory was the most excited about from this chapter is that i was like there's is this going to be a frankie development arc because we know a a character or two is always like get some set of like developments and i've always said that the straw hats need a bigger ship and people are always like they just got this ship what do you mean they need a bigger Mm -hmm. ship and a bigger ship and i was like again he's now an emperor that is not an emperor ship y'all can say what you want i love that ship it is amazing but that is not the ship of an emperor no, okay. Thousand Sunny can use some upgrades at this point. Um, the, I mean, honestly, the Thousand Sunny, as good as it seemed to be, we're not even like. When's the last time we saw the guy on cannon? Yeah. Like, why didn't they cuda burst away from the shark? I that's that was my first thought, and I was like, okay, maybe it wasn't fat like enough time. And I was like, no, we've seen them like coop mid air before. Like, what does that mean? And I I I agree, um, Blackheart. I agree with like Brooke's development. I think we we've, we've talked about this like way before Wano ended. That it's probably Brooke was going to be a very integral part of like the next part of the story. Um, I'm still wondering how. I, I'm wondering if they still continue with Zoro in the next set of arc, but I know that he's going to be very integral. But I don't know if his story gets developed in this part of whatever this storytelling is happening. But 
yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm very, I'm very much so feel like the ship. I feel like Brooke. I feel like Frankie. I feel like they deserve some very specific attention and development with their stories. Um, me and Blackheart have conversations all the time where we talk about how certain people's stories are a lot more not filled out than others. We talked about how Nami's kind of had her story told, but then it's like you know nothing about her backstory. You, you really think about like you know you know certain things, but realistically the origin of it all you know nothing about. The same thing can be said for um. So for back for, you up on for the Nami thing real quick, Brooke. Yeah, just because. I can't remember if Brooke has it or not, but there's a certain distinction that's been made between characters. And it's sometimes when Oda talks about them, specifically within the Straw Hats, I believe Usopp, Nami, Luffy, and Zoro still. So like Sanji, it says birthplace, the North Blue. The North Blue. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm following you. Mm-hmm. But for those four characters, it just says hometown, hometown. not birthplace. Yep, yep. Yep. That, and that, that's, again, that's what me and Blackheart were talking about. That literal, that literal distinction that you just made. And it's those subtle things about the way that Oda writes that people over, overlook. And people are going to go back and pretend like they knew this all along. The people that have been reading for like three years are going to be like, yeah, I, I knew this all along. It's like, no, no, you haven't. <laughs> some of these things you're really only going to remember, some of these more finite things, if you've been reading for like 10 years. Because it's certain things that stick with you a little better when you read it week to week. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, that's, that, that's not discounting, you know, some people are really, really smart people. I'm not discounting you, but like the mass, the vast majority of you that's going to pretend like, oh yeah, I, I, it was Agatha all along. I knew, I knew from the beginning. You didn't, you didn't know it was Agatha all along. Stop it. I don't know who Agatha is. So that one. Don't worry about like, it. Don't worry about okay. it. Don't worry about it. <clears throat> Just know that they didn't know. <laughs> it was a WandaVision reference. Just know that they, oh, they didn't yeah. know. <clears throat> but, um, yeah, so, so tailoring back again kind of like going back what did you think about just the decisions so like think about now like the decisions Jimbe make as far as like hey frankie you like the hierarchy of who started calling the shots i think is very telling about a couple of things that happen there and then i think i also want to go back to that conversation in the cave so first your thoughts on like just like the whole interaction of the ship flipping and everything that happens from that point on like what do you think about that because i feel like there's so much to be said about like hey having people rotate roles and -hmm. this thing that Oda likes to do where he chucks he likes to separate the crew for new adventures so they can meet back up it makes it gives him the ability to tell from a varying different standpoints of storytelling and we've already seen like we're it's like okay new island boom crew's already split it's like yo we we ain't even on the island yet. You already split the whole crew up. You know what I mean? So like, what do you what do you think about that? You think there's certain significance? So, you think it's important that Jimbe was that person that was like, look, you do this, you guys go there. He's the one that saw that Luffy and Chopper fell in the water. Like, how? I what, think what did you get from all what that? we're doing is kind of deviating a little, and also because it was Luffy, Chopper, and Bonnie. Oda has written Sanji's gag so much that he only wants to save women. That even though we've seen him try to save Luffy that it almost feels like, well, this is an aquatic mission. So instead of having uh, Sanji, who is technically their sky guy, Mm -hmm. go in the water, even though he can blue walk, let's have the fish man do it. Let's tap into that. But also it allows Luffy uh, and Jinbei to get like an adventure together. It allows Mm -hmm. like Jinbei being the newest addition to the crew, build up that 
And then like also kind of function as a middleman between him and Bonnie because you know he's a bit more level-headed. Whereas Sanji would immediately like kind of start simping. Zoro mm-hmm. would probably just kind of reject her. Or at the very least, he also might be trying to delay like Bonnie and Zoro having a real conversation because of the fact that you know she saved Zoro or mm-hmm. say, you know, like Admiral still ended up being called to the island. So but she delayed <laughs> the Admiral being Admiral, called yeah, to the yeah, island yeah. by helping Zoro out there. Um and so it kind of lets that trust build up. But then also like having Chopper get a chance to bond with Bonnie a little, I think it's gonna come into play too, because if that's, Chopper that's is vouching for her, I, I think I thought we're gonna Chopper, have Nami and yeah. Robin take his side back and mm-hmm. I also like think that. that Sanji is intentionally in front of Vegapunk. Yeah. I also think that that's like part of what that is as well. So I, I, I it's gonna be interesting. It, and Sanji might be the one to confirm what Vegapunk is, because you know, he got the, the 17th sense of <laughs> if someone is a woman or yeah. not that's his that's his special ability right there um so i think i think um yeah i think it was very intentional i think it was smart like you said i also got the same perspective of like i was like okay this is chopper time this is jimbe time this is some time for some dynamics that we haven't seen or we haven't seen in a very long time if we want to be honest for like seriousness to happen between luffy and chopper and not just like like there for like comedic relief, but we know that Chopper pairs well with all of the different members of the crew. He's really like the glue of not like he's holding them together single-handedly, but he meshes well with every single individual member. You can send Chopper on an adventure with every single individual member and get a very fun, unique interaction that is just and- Chopper's like brainless and fluffiness. And he still has his his importance and relevance to the story. And I think since we're already on Egghead Island, we get the chance of him kind of running into the kids with Vegapunk mm-hmm. and kind of giving us a chance for him to work on that collab. So it's a little less, um, so, because, you know, a lot of people have kind of mentioned he didn't help the people with Smile Fruits. Boo. And it's like, well, it, it, it could be fine, Boo. but we don't know for sure so it's kind of like uh we probably could have done a bit more with that to like heartland people are like you know chopper wants to save and like be able to cure any illness so why wasn't he you know like out there doing what I mean, it took to fix what if that he, what if he doesn't see it as an ailment what if it's just like you know i i i think that's the type of thing that people people kind of overlook and i think i think we do get we do get um Helmepo and the swords coming over again going back to my bro Blackheart's point like Zoro has some 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 developing still needing to happen like we we know mm-hmm. a very big plot line is the swords not the swords in reference that they use not the people the swords but the swords of the series is a very big yeah. plot point that has I won't say the least amount of development, but of the big critical points that that should be flushed out towards. And it's a big point to me because there's still the top three swords. There's still all of these other things with sword lore, like actual physical sword lore that needs to be expressed. And I think bringing the sword group entity now into that faction, having everyone on Vegapunk, and even for a possible development for Chopper as far as his fruit, because I believe, man, I think, yeah, I don't know, Black Art still here. We were talking about that, about Chopper getting a form that's like a conglomeration of more centralized power of um the the rumble, the, like the big rumble form. 
mm-hmm. almost like a like slightly smaller less giant but like it able to possibly tap into like other different facets of the different forms was something that me him and another friend were talking about um and that'd be interesting because now he's in front of vegapunk a scientist someone else mm-hmm. who would be able to help push a medical development of that uh, of that inclination you know what i mean so my last thing with that is that instead of old madhouse what if this is new gen because yep. we have chopper we have what may be younger or newer or a completely different vega punk we have and there, there might be another factor in there maybe frankie's also part of whatever this is it could be a new gen of whatever you know it just I, like i said it, i think those are more fun things to play around and theorize with than some of the other things that have been said oh. and I, I think you don't get to like think about that until you start doing what we just did and go back and say okay well what's the significance of chopper like what's the significance of this group being here what's the significance of the ship even being flipped like did the ship even need to flip come on now sanji's i mean here about sanji frankie is capable enough he he may not be the the you know the helmsman that that um our boy our boy lord why am i forgetting names jimbe is but he's still competent and it's still his ship he built that ship he knows the capabilities of that ship so yeah, Jimbe might be able to bring out things that, that Frankie could never do, but Frankie should still be able to competently handle maneuvering that ship in that situation. Oh, and, so there's and, some significance to that ship being flipped. Yes, the machine, the, the giant robot, not Frankie, <laughs> came out of the water. But like it's I, I again, I, I just think there's a lot more things to to be kind of um and considered from, from just a little bit of interaction that we got in this chapter. And it does kind of suggest that, like, we see that the shark is way, 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 way bigger. You know, like, when the mouth is bigger than the ship, then the head is, like, three, four times bigger than the ship. And the robot is also bigger than the ship. Oda is a little weird and not always consistent with his sizing. But the implication is kind of that this shark is massive as hell. Mm -hmm. And so you could argue that just off of a physics perspective it's fine that it flipped because such a big thing displacing so much water trying to eat them all that other stuff but and you know but having the robot come in there and do it it's kind of like well why didn't Sanji because like I also want to know why like because you could have had Sanji or Zoro also knock this thing out yeah that I I so my my thought is maybe the weather for noms and just the timing of everything was off and everything just happened so quickly, including like the turnaround of like Vegapunk showing up in a robot. It all just happened so quickly. Like for us, mm-hmm. it seems kind of slow, but it could be a matter of like, like split seconds between, or even just like literally a second between each of those things happening. So I think, I think that could be what it is. But again, I think my, my thing is, I really think that this is just a, a bigger knock to, they need a better ship a ship that can handle these adverse weathers, a ship that can, can more largely handle all kinds of more robust things, um, I think is important. Um, and I think we have seen that at critical junctions, things outside of the crew develop. And I think it would be a good time to develop the ship. And it might just be Sunny is a ship inside of another ship. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be like, oh, we're going to destroy this ship. We already, no, we already went through that. We don't have to kill a ship. <laughs> I don't need to cry over another ship. Um, we can, but, but we can infuse Sunny or upgrade it. We can it. upgrade Sunny. We can um, develop Sunny. We can 
whatever, you know, something else can happen here is what I'm saying for Sonny. And I think that is super important because I think leading up to a fight with Blackbeard, leading up to the Armada showing up and whenever all of these other points start to converge, I think a bigger ship is, that's just me. I could mm-hmm. be wrong, but I'm thinking about piracy. Like I'm literally like taking myself out of even the One Piece book and I'm like, yeah, you want the captain that's got the boat. Like the boat is significant to showing a certain level of respect. And you've seen that all the Yonkos, all, all our predecessors- The mama shot door. Huge, massive, it's... massive. Kid, kid and lost ships are all, Luffy, kid and lost ships are tiny. They're really like, and they're, they're not tight. So like, they're big ships. Let's not get this wrong. They're big ships. But in the grand scheme of things, they're no. small ships. They could all use bigger ships, upgrades. Yeah, like the Mama Shop door is basically like a giant skyscraper. Exactly. Or, plus the, the range is like, massive i think it's like a small hotel we've we've also seen sunny we've seen sunny next to like the marine ships and it's not it's not even massive in regards to the marine ships but we've seen like white beard and white beard ships that yo his ship is running over marine ships you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. you know so i i just think i think people are sleeping on that being a key point to potentially maybe not necessarily exactly right now but I think there's some things that, that we can say is a kind of alluding to that being a significant point. Even, like I said, even just them getting beat up by the water before any of that ever happened. Like the chapter before, you know what I mean? Like just how they were having to handle going through that weather. And I think, I think Nami would probably be a big proponent of saying like, yo, like, yeah, it would be, it would be cool if we could handle these things and these things. And Nami and, San, Nami and Frankie can have some report about thinking about ways to improve the ship. And they might have their own little something, you know, Robin, uh, Nami, and Frankie might have their own something with Sanji on the side that's going to tailor into that. You know what I mean? But I think Vegapunk's going to play a big role. And I think with Caesar being with Gurma, it, w- it is interesting to think about what are the ramifications of meeting Vegapunk at this point in Juncture. And then still not forgetting... <laughs> Two chapters ago, we basically just, <laughs> were you listening to this communication? Mm-hmm. Forget everything that happened. Forget this island. Matter of fact, it didn't exist. Like, excuse me? <laughs> you, what? You, you, bruh, what type of entity is calling the, on your marine tap line and saying, yeah, y'all listening? You ain't heard mm-hmm. nothing. Forget about it. The island? What island? This island never existed. Huh? Like, wait, what? <laughs> I'm trying to see if I can find, like, ship measurements for some of these other ships in the series that seem to dwarf the Thousand Sunny right now. Like, that's, I'm legitimately, like, on the wiki looking up ship at the ships and boat section. Yeah. Oh, uh, Alvis, I don't think it's a, I don't think, so don't get me wrong. I don't think it's a core part of the storytelling. I think it has the propensity to be addressed in this arc. It literally can be something that happens or it could be inherited. It could be all kinds of different things. I don't think it's like a big part, but I think Frankie gets a lot of development and that could turn into something that leads to the bigger ship later on. So I'm not saying like, I, I agree. There's a lot of things that we need to resolve, but like it, it, there's no reason for, there, look how many different plots got progressed 
and even completed inside of Wano in itself. I think it's possible that the ship can be addressed in the midst of dealing with everything else that's happening in this next arc. Yeah, question, Sam? You, you look like you're hankering to ask No, no, I was fine. Uh, no, no, I didn't have a question. I was just asking a question. But yeah. I definitely Queen was Mama Chanter, there we go. Let's see if they have it. No dimensions for that either? Oh my God. Well, the important thing is that the Thousand Sunny is supposed to be about uh, 183 feet tall and 127 feet long. 128 feet, really. So 5,600 centimeters, so 560 meters and 3,000, uh, which are actually 56 meters, I want to say, and 39 meters up. So not a lot, not substantial, not substantially huge ships. Whereas the marine ships look to be, you know, multiple football fields long and a couple tall, especially the ones with the, you know, sea stone bottom. So I, I agree that they, it might be time to get some modifications to the Sunny, at least get it a bit longer, bigger. I mean, I know he doesn't have the atom wood, but maybe we can we can do something here with some tech. I don't know. They, I think, you know, the super, and it could be that Oda is going for this smaller ship because just like how Luffy is like five nine, and we have all these pirates out in the world that he's stuck fighting that are you know thirty feet tall. Um, you know, Luffy's not even a full two meters, but he's constantly fighting people who are ten meters tall, twenty meters tall. I don't know. So it could just be like that same energy being being applied to the ships where it's like, yeah, they got a small ship, but they can do big things with it. But I, I don't know. Bro, I just, I just, I was looking at just like the Marine ships and I was just reminded of um, um, uh, one of the other ships, the Salamander. And I'm looking at it, I was like, yeah, some of these Marine ships are like ridiculous. And they, they have kind of like, like you said, it depends on that type of ship. It depends on who's in charge of it. So, anyways, like I said, my fun little anecdote because I look to I like to look at other little things besides <laughs> some of the other things that people run away with in this series. And um, if y'all if y'all been with me as I've been on this journey talking about One Piece here on Shonen Ronin, I often tend to sniff out things and be right about things that <laughs> people don't typically catch. So. Your, would not be surprised. your observation hockey yeah my observation hockey um fuego <laughs> fuego but at the end of the day like i said i i trust oda to tell a good story i i do um and even to to kind of kick back to um some of the the other series we talked about i still trust in gigi to try, write me a good story i still trust in all of the series we talked about i still expect a good story yeah. whether i have criticism whether i disagree with a direction I don't, I'm not writing the story. I don't have the vision. So what might look one way to me right now, I'm going to backtrack on it later on. I, I will. And I'm not afraid like y'all have saw when I had my, my, my Bakugo predictions and I told y'all I, he's not dead. And I was like, if, if it says that he's dead, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a bite. And I did. And then, then the next chapter, I was like, look, I, I warned y'all. I told y'all I'm going to come back for y'all with the smoke if he really ain't, you know, and Again, it's 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 okay. We've talked about this before. It's okay to love a series and still have criticism for it. Mm-hmm. I think you're being very disingenuous with your appreciation, and admiration for a series if you if you only have good things to say about the series. 
There's no such thing as a perfect work. I don't care what you say. Even the best work, even the, the most historically, there's things you can say about Shakespeare's writing. You see all the stuff going on with J.K. Rowling right now. Once upon a time, she was a legendary, they were a legendary being. Y'all couldn't say nothing, nothing to smear their name. And now we're in a whole nother realm of life. You know what I mean? So it's okay to have criticism. That's yeah. all I want to say. I don't, I don't really have anything about else to say about this. One Piece chapter was great for me. I love it. It was not my chapter of the week, <laughs> but it was biasedly my chapter of the week because I really just enjoy thinking about like what this chapter is. Um, but yeah, I don't got anything else for One Piece. You got anything else for One Piece, Anaki? No, I'm, I'm good. I think we covered everything we needed to. I'm, I'm looking through the chapter. Um, Alves pointed out the fan service. I, I'm not. I'm not going to address that. I don't. I don't. We, we don't need man, to. That's crazy. I just. I just responded to someone's. Um, someone had a TikTok. Someone had a TikTok, and I did it, and it was like, "How do you feel about fans?" I genuinely don't care. I like. It doesn't do anything to me. I'm happy that people enjoy seeing whatever, but I'm. I really. I'll understand. I. I can very, very deeply get ingrained in the story. I can very, very deeply get invaded, ingrained into the character development. And I, I didn't notice it. I'm not even going to go back and look for it. I did not notice fan service. I'm just going to take your word that there was fan service in the chapter. And I guess the only thing, other thing I could say is that I'm interested to see if uh, we'll get confirmation that Diaz Drake is still alive or not. Mm. Since that could they, be... They come a, up again. A small redeeming W for Green Bull since he went to Wano and was told not to do anything stupid. He might, you know, grab Diaz Drake and pull him out. And that'll be his kind of, see, I didn't do anything stupid. I helped X Drake. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's it's clear now that people are like, sword, sword. Like, we, we're getting all these characters who are in sword. Mm -hmm. So it would, it, it would almost be a waste for Drake to actually be dead. Because it looked like he was just exhausted as hell from all the fighting. Because he wasn't even anywhere near where Hawkins was originally. So it kind of just looks like he survived and is going to end up back with the Marines. And they'll just have to clear that up at some point. And it'll be like, well, he was in there to infiltrate Kaido's operation. And so maybe we'll end up getting a new story eventually that makes Diaz Drake seem bigger, like a just bigger deal than he together. is. Yeah, just like how Smoker got with the alabaster thing, because mm -hmm. that'll be there. Because like they're gonna have to explain Kaido's absence and Big Mom's absence, so they're probably gonna say, and and we don't know the full details about like what they put in the reports or anything like that. So yeah, I'm, I'm waiting to see a bit more of the Navy plot. And this is basically as far as we're concerned, Egghead Island is Punk Hazard Two. We we grab Bonnie. We know that sword is in the area. We're not making. It's time to make a plan to take down another Yonko, and by take down another Yonko, I mean get Kobe back. Yeah, it set up. It set. It sets up like literally this chapter is set up a very. And I, I, I mean, again, this is this is what Oda does. It set up a very clear path. And I told y'all, by the time we get through whatever this transition is, we're gonna have a very very clear understanding mm -hmm. of what Oda's next couple steps towards the end is. And I see it. I see what, like, I don't know what the last thing is, but I at least see the next two steps very clearly for me yeah. anyways. Um, yeah, so. Um, chapter of the week, we can agree is uh, My Hero Academia. No questions asked. Yeah, like, Undead kinda... Unluck is good. It just, because this is like a penultimate battle and we can all tell, 
it, it, it's hitting differently than like what we're getting here where it's like even if this fight is in phases this is it mm-hmm. this is it um and you know we've been waiting for this there has been a lot of build-up and we're kind of getting to see this like real big like matchup finally come to fruition uh you already know it's anarchy smash fsp wherever you need to find me whether that's youtube or twitter baby Aha, see there we go got a got a whole one this time uh but yeah youtube twitter i if you want to find the discord it's been posted multiple times all over it's You're also down below in the description now pop so, up in the comments oh thank you uh but yeah great good weekend shonen jump even with the gripes that i did have with some stuff overall still happy with the direction of what i'm reading lately um but yeah just gonna pass that along to kenny yeah yeah yeah. so you know instagram uh you also can find all the links and ways to get to me down below make sure y'all like and subscribe and yeah remember to like the video if you did subscribe to the channel we still are not stagnant but we will try to get to 3k by the end of the year hopefully but yeah thank you guys for watching hope you guys enjoyed our uh weekly show and junk and we can show them running stuff Peace.